0: Anybody got an intro? Da, 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 da. It's the Hey Poor Podcast with your group of frowns. With your group of
1: frowns. <laughs> that sounds like a Jim Henson character. <laughs> Sorry, Rob Schneider.
2: <laughs>
0: not <laughs> 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 What shenanigans will he get up to with the Hey Poor podcast? What guy oh, is his friend Adam Sandler? He's <laughs> an idiot again. How oh wacky. no! And <laughs> hey, look, is that Melissa McCarthy? Oh no! Turn this movie off immediately. <laughs> I think it was her, hey. not Adam
1: Sandler, that got you to that point. Uh, man, I, I like
0: I, Melissa McCarthy. I, I only you stand to that her on SNL, again. and I can't stand her in everything else. And I wish I could.
3: I was I was really glad when she had. Uh, was in Spy in I think 2012 um that was that was what she did before Ghostbusters because ah, it was, it was wasn't it? like cuz I liked Melissa McCarthy before then but yeah. she always got she has she tends to get typecast as just like the fat character like yeah. whatever that what was it Tammy or whatever that shitty shit movie that she was in um and like Thank God for like spy because it kinda showed people that like, oh, yeah, she can actually just like act and just be funny we, if you yeah. just let her do that. And the, the yeah, prison, and now she's uh, typecast
0: yeah. as the angry woman who nobody well, likes. Well the prison of being
1: typecast is. as a comedian actor is a never ending cycle though. Like that's you see it with Michael Sarah now, you see it
3: with everyone. You know, I felt like that intro had some potential to be funny, and then it just wasn't, and then we just had like a genuine fucking discussion. What is this? This is I don't not know. my hey Poor podcast. This not is not actual my America. conversation,
1: not in my America.
3: Hello everybody, and welcome to the hey Poor Podcast. It's about video games sometimes, this week, maybe even less than usual, because I know at least I have a movie to talk about. Oh boy. Uh, I'm your host, I Coleman. Joining me is Jay Petraquin. I am back from the Land of the Dead.
1: And by that I mean I graduated college, and it was fun.
3: And Anthony Spivey. Yo! Hi. <laughs> got some good yeah, energy okay. going on today.
1: I like this. I like this, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, Yeah. okay. Uh, Nathan, unfortunately, isn't here, because he died.
1: His, his house got infested by spiders, and the spiders are actually really good with computers, so they cut off his internet, so he's currently trying to wrestle thousands of small spiders that are sort of Mac style, assembling into people to stop him. It's it's horrific actually. Well,
0: the real secret to that is it's, you know it's his children, right? He finally got with that anime spider girl, and now his children are like, hey, why aren't you paying child support? And he's like, because I don't have thousands of dollars for my millions of children. (laughs) I wasn't even thinking of that. I'm so glad I gave you that setup. He died doing what he loved,
3: a spider, who was probably also his sister. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: oh,
1: but he had amnesia, so he didn't know.
3: <laughs> oh, it's I okay, because they're secretly
0: cousins. I
3: fucking love anime. <laughs> God damn it. And, and they swapped bodies and had a really emotional revelation on top of a crater. Oh. Um, this is the yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, what we're going to do at the beginning here is we're going to talk about the games, films, etc. that we experienced this week. We're going to have a brief break where we answer audience questions. Assuming that we get some by then, because we don't have any now. <laughs> and uh, then we're going to talk about the news, which includes, among other stories, an exciting development in Mario Rabbit's Kingdom
0: <sighs> Battle Watch. Oh,
3: yes, oh my it, God. it is
0: accelerating my potential to drink. <laughs> I'm cry.
3: Uh but Anthony, what'd you do this week? What you got
0: for us? So guess who's Regale been playing us. So guess who's been paying a lot of strategy RPGs? This guy. It's a pun because Guy Five <laughs> Complete came for the yeah. Switch. Yeah, that's it And did. it's really not funny. <laughs> uh, no, uh, so I've been playing a lot of Guy five complete for the Switch, which is a game that I pre-ordered like months and months ago off of Amazon, yeah. and I was like, I should probably cancel it. And the day I decided to cancel, it's like, hey, this shipped and we already charged you your money. So I was like, fuck, I gotta keep it. And you know what? I'm pretty glad I did because this game is going to actually take me years to complete. <laughs> I can I can already tell because it's this guy is one of those grinding games where you can get up to level nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine and can do like a million damage. Yeah, yeah. And kind I of can known tell. for its
1: over the top numbers, o- o- almost yeah. Borderlandsy in that way in some ways, but more so. Yeah,
0: but, but yeah, yeah, but JRPG. more of a turn base instead of a shooter. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean that, yeah. Uh, it's a good ass game. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good long time until I get this completed. So it's probably gonna be my main summer game now that we're almost to where games are constantly coming out that are tens out of tens like they have been this past <laughs> few months. I'm almost ready. Like I have Fire Emblem Warriors, set, and come I think June if I remember the date right, and then f- hopefully fucking nothing else for a while.
1: Yeah, man, things uh, are things are actually kind of rough when too many good games happen.
0: Yeah, because I'm <laughs> I'm still at the last boss of or the last dungeon of Persona Five, so I got to beat that. I still got to beat all the rest of the, the, rest of the endings in Near Automata, which are going to take another ten plus hours to beat. I have this thousand hour game, and I'm. Just kind of glad that I beat Fire Emblem Shadows, or Echo. Sha, ah, Fire Stuff Emblem of Echoes. Place. The, uh, <laughs> AKA the only good Fire Emblem game that's come out on the 3DS. Which is. It's not argue entirely with you about true about
1: Awakening. Yeah, no.
0: I, I have a love hate relationship with Awakening. I like a lot of the things it does, but, but I, I also hate a lot of the things it I, does at the same time.
1: I think we've, we've done this before. We don't need to like get yeah. deep into this. But yeah, I, you, you and I have sort of had okay. some interesting discussions about where we can line yeah. up on that game.
0: I, I will say that this, uh, the new one, is actually a really fucking good game. Entirely. Yeah, people uh, really like it. Yeah, it's it's surprisingly good compared to what happened the last few games that have come out. Especially oh, with Fates! Yeah, yeah. Oh, Fates, I can't wait oh, to yeah, yeah, trash Fates, you yeah. one day. I, if I had 35 minutes, I could just go on a tyrant about how those games aren't actually good, but I'm going to wait for that. It's um, yes, definitely opinion. gonna be a
3: second opinion yeah. at some point, but we've yeah. like finally gotten over Persona 4. Oh my god!
1: Yeah. I'm proud of you both, you guys, for doing that. By the way, I don't even agree with half of what Anthony said, but I'm proud of it. What a good oh, yeah. thing
3: that happened there.
0: So mm-hmm. anyway, not, not to get too that- off topic. But no, but yeah, uh, we've talked uh,
3: about that a lot. It's yeah. finally died down. Though, Yay! Is, is the good thing. People really, really liked this week's second opinion. Yeah, and I think we've finally smoothed it over, which is also surprising because I was, I was a little worried. No, I, no, I, I think, think most people, people were are with finally on
0: working. Yeah, I think people are finally working around uh, that uh, Valve kind of sucks. Yeah. A lot of the yeah. time. So we're I think that's fine to finally uh, yeah. start. Like it just Anthony, now I apologize.
3: To... I apologize. I didn't mean to step on you here. But as, uh, while we're talking about it, this week's second opinion was entitled Valve Hates You and Maybe You Should Hate Valve. Um, and it was uh, because there was an article last week by Tim Caldwell, who I think is one of the best game writers working right now, that was a historical perspective on Valve's terrible business practices and why the good guy Valve image is a lie. Um, And I highly recommend that too, but that was more like about how they uh, exploit workers and they've done some shady and illegal shit and various other things. Um, Whereas mine was, you know, second opinion, which is more like critical analysis. And so I critiqued a bunch of the shit they did. Um, And uh, Anthony just sent me a message like, out of context, the evening that went up that just said, Second Opinion oh. is going to get us killed. Oh Well, it
0: did. did. Oh, no. no, it That's cut out like right when you said my name, and down. I was like, oh, no, the government. <laughs> <laughs> As I was describing
3: it. But, um, yeah, no, people, like, really liked that one, and, uh, Francis did, too. I was almost more worried about Francis. Like, I didn't think I didn't that really. Valve would actually have a problem with it. Yeah. Like, a lot of people have shit talked Valve. Um, it, like, fucking Jim Sterling shit talks Valve every single week, and he got invited to visit them. So they're obviously not, like, the most. Whatever else they are, they are not the most spiteful company. Um, but I was a little worried about, you know, just writing an article that's literally fuck this publisher who we kind of rely on for yeah. all of our PC Fuck code. this
1: entire service and everything they do, yeah.
3: Uh, but Francis liked it and was yeah. very supportive. And no, it's. Yeah, it's yeah. It's weird having a boss who's not a shithead. Well, yeah, because, I, I mean, if not he were going to, to be
1: it. that way about that, I feel like he would have been that way about a lot of the games and companies that have sort of gotten the, the rougher end of things on Second Opinion by now. Like, we, we've, mm-hmm. This may have been the first time doing that with a developer, but there, there has been enough stuff put through the ringer on Second Opinion that I think at this point, as long as the argument is well made, there's, there's nothing mm-hmm. the Second Opinion
3: can't tackle, which is great. Next week, second opinion. Donald Trump is a bad president. Wait, you no, said second that. opinion. That's yeah, a first a f- opinion. Fucking
1: second opinion. Yeah,
3: yeah. exactly. Um, but yeah, that I really didn't want to talk about that. You do anything else this week, Anthony?
0: Uh, like, oh, uh, besides beating Fire Emblem, I uh, just want to c- reiterate on here again: don't fucking buy the DLC that's more costly than the game. Nintendo, come on. You you've made good DLC before. Don't charge people $50 for half the game that you already paid people to do. And I know it's going to make bunches of money because new Fire Emblem fans spend money because they're whales like Nintendo wants, but come on guys. It's really not that worth it. Like I bought one map just to see how it was for $3, and that Mm -hmm. 30 seconds it took to beat it was not worth $3 at all. Hmm. So, I just want to do that. Uh, The other thing is... uh. What did I do this week? Shit. <laughs> no. Well, you probably did do that. I that did that, happen. like, twice.
3: That, that'll happen. In the whole week? Only twice yeah. in the whole you week? You see a doctor.
0: I, I should see a doctor, but then he'd be like, what's wrong with you? Why are you alive? Your body is just giving <laughs> up at this point. <laughs> and you'll just be
1: like, oh, no. Oh,
0: uh-huh. <laughs> no. Maybe you should, like, eat a vegetable, Spivey. I have, and then I start feeling like I'm dying because my body is so used to processed food it's like what is this poison
1: what did this come from the earth you don't eat food where? from the
3: earth that's uh, where poop goes <laughs> hi I'm your stomach <laughs> apparently played by Dr. Mrs. the Monarch
1: <laughs> sweetie you gotta eat more hot dogs you, got, you haven't gone to Taco Bell in nearly four days <laughs> Quit watching Dr. Venture. You
0: want that Sweetie. sexy Danny DeVito body? You gotta eat like trash.
1: Sweetie, they got those chicken chips at Taco Bell now. You gotta just rub some all over you. So uh, just get your body all full of them boys.
0: Just take a bath in that nacho cheese sauce.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I haven't done that but Make much sure it's the
3: week. cheap shit. Make sure it's that movie theater crap with the skin on top. Yeah, yeah, well,
1: yeah, to get some of that Orville whatever popcorn powder and just... Pour that down your throat until you pass out. It's good for <laughs> Put you. Put a bag of Tatino's up your ass. <laughs> Get a uh, Taco Bell burrito, cut it in half, and make yourself a flashlight and go to town.
0: You need to have t- children with that Wendy's meme girl now.
1: <laughs> oh, God, no. I like calling her the Wendy's meme girl instead of just Wendy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, All no, right, uh, I haven't done anything else.
3: We're shutting this down, Jay. Please talk about a video game, for fuck's sake. All right, you
1: know I think I can do that. All right, I can't hold that voice any longer without just perishing. Um, so I've been playing a few things uh, since I was last on an episode. Um, I just reviewed uh, the other day Dynasty Feud, which is a cool brawler on Steam. Um, as I sort of point out in that review, I think the Smash Like is making a the, the, the Smash is making a big sort of resurgence on Steam, you've got Rivals of Ether. you've got that, um, you've got Brawlout and all of the pain it caused Nathan in one of our recent episodes a little while back, uh, being the one with- with Did somebody call for Paco? Oh, it is time for new character voice. Here comes Paco once more. The best new character voice is old character voice. Yeah, so I I played Dynasty Feud, so- Dynasty Feud at first glance is like a two D sort of pixel art and hand drawn equivalent to your Smash games, your Rivals of Ether. Um, what makes it different though is that instead of choosing one character, you're choosing a set of characters. For each each um, thing you get is a sort of dynasty, a like family tree of like cartoonish depictions of historical. Groups. So you've got one that's all cowboys. You've got one that's Vikings. Um, there's one that's like dinosaur, dinosaurs and prehistoric creatures that I like a lot, and uh, and they're really cool. And so how it works is you've got five of them all around a theme. Each has their own abilities. Some are like uh, there's one where they're all melee characters but very fast. There's one that's a little more gun focused. Um, and everyone dies in one hit. So there's there's some half hit. There's some like two hit kills you can do, but most things i would say like 90% of everything that any character can do will take you out in one hit and when you get taken out the, whichever of your five characters that you were just playing as is out of the game and so um each team also has like this sort of mascot that's like the like head of the family thing so like for the for the vikings it's a uh, it's a giant viking dude with cool shades and with the um there's one of samurai where it's just one of those luck cats with the paw um and and so and so you've got that and that'll float around for a minute and while it's floating you choose which of the characters you want to hop in next. And it's cool. Um I I really like the idea of a smash like game where instead of having to master one character that has to endure a lot more, you have this set of five similar but distinct ones because one of the things they chose to do, which I think is a very smart choice, is instead of giving the controls quite the level of complexity of, like, a Smash Bros., which, you know, is not the most complex game in the world, but it has, you know, like, different... You have your A's, Mm -hmm. your side A's, your up and down A's, same with B's, same with all these other things. There's some technicalness to it. Um, That is a little boiled down in this to, like, a light attack and a heavy attack and some variations on those. Some characters have a dodge, some characters have a shield. Um, And so it's a little bit more boiled down, which I think is really good for the fact that you are swapping between all these different characters. And I really like it. Um, it is, if you like games like Smash or Rivals of Ether, I would actually really recommend it. I would, I would, advise you and warn you that the learning curve is not easy because since you are playing characters that die in one hit, it can take a lot longer to learn how each of them control. Um, but I, I, I really like it. It's a, uh, I give it a four out of five. The only problem with it, as far as I'm concerned, is that there's some... Mo- well, there's two problems with it. One is that there's some server issues still. Um, and then the other way... And this, I have to say, the developer actually reached out to me after the review was published and like talked to me on Twitter about this, about how they're going to fix this. Um, but currently, there are certain modes that are only available in local play and not online play. And for a Steam-only brawler game... Online play is probably where most people are going to be spending the majority of their time, so that is something mm-hmm. they definitely need to get uh, to get worked out. Um, so you've got modes like you know team brawl, and you've got ones where you can assemble your own custom five character family out of any of the characters. Um, and those are only in local right now, and it'll be really good to see those come into online. Um, but no, it, it's a very fun game. Honestly, it's it's just a fighting game, so I don't have a shit ton to talk about about it, but. Nathan and I played it together. Uh, I actually want us to do a video to put on the site at some point, even though the review's already up. Just of some Hayboard Player editors play next. It's a, it's a really good time. If you... Again, if you like games like Rivals of Ether, sort of bringing back that style of game into sort of an indie space, but want one that feels a little more different, because if I can give Rivals of Ether one criticism, it's that... Uh, a lot of the characters' moves in that game just are moves from Super Smash Bros. characters. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is not a negative thing, because it's still composed extremely well, but that is not quite the case in the same way for a game like Dynasty Feud. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's Dynasty Feud, which I, I really enjoyed. Um... I also sounds uh, very
3: cool. Sounds yeah. very much like um, I always enjoyed with uh, Super Smash Brothers the All Star mode yeah. that they have, where yeah. you can play as you know up to four different characters, and like there's actually some strategy to like, okay, I want to open with this, I yeah. want to end with this, whatever. Um, and I, I I always enjoyed that a lot. And this sounds like that turned into a full game, mm-hmm, which yeah. I can definitely get behind.
1: It's a lot of fun, and there there's eight like pre-programmed dynasties. You have two at the beginning, and you just unlock more as you do it. I I. I described it, like like Nathan and I realized, it really feels like Smash Bros. meets Nidhog almost, because when you know you can die as easily as you can, even if you have more characters in the stock, it's going to change the way you play. It's going to change the mm-hmm. way you behave, how cautious you are. Um, there's wall jumping. It's going to change how you use the environment. Oh, also, every stage you're in crumbles slowly over the course of the match. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's multiple sides to the sense of urgency in the way you're playing, and it, it, it all comes together really nicely. Um... Yeah, I, I I like it a whole bunch. Um, mm-hmm. I also started playing Heroes of the Storm over the last few weeks. That's a oh that's no. a thing I went and gone done did. Um, mostly originally it was because I am absolute trash and went in to get that um, the Diva Cop skin for Overwatch. But in doing so, I found that I actually really like Heroes of the Storm. Um, and I, I this is me as someone who has not had good experiences with MOBAs in the past. Dota 2 felt like an exclusive club I couldn't get into because I wasn't cool enough. Um, League of Legends I didn't feel quite that harshly about, but I just couldn't get invested Mm -hmm. in the way play worked. Uh, Heroes of the Storm I'm enjoying a lot, partially just because of the variety of different maps, and also partially because uh, I actually have several friends who I've been playing with enough that we will all be in a room together as one complete team, which is fantastic. None of us are even great at it, but it's a lot of fun. Um... I mean, you know, Here's the Storm's been out for a while, so I don't need to talk a ton about it, but uh, it, it's been nice to find a MOBA I enjoy, even if it's if it's yeah. one that has a little more variance to its maps and stuff, um, especially because I, I, in general, in a lot of games, like to play support. Like, I play a lot of Mercy in Overwatch. I played a lot of Medic in TF2. Um and here I've been playing a lot of some of the support characters and what I really like about the support characters in this game is that you have ones that are active healers like Lieutenant Morales being the just tanky heal beam person. You have mm-hmm. ones that are like a little more passive and a little more versatile like Brightwing <clears throat> who's currently kind of my main. Uh despite her having the worst voice in the entire game that sounds like oh, a, yeah, it it's, sounds it's like badly horrible. dubbed hentai. <laughs> yeah. I am happy to agree. Thank you. I will. Like it's Oh, Jesus. Stop this. You can get an announcer pack for her. You can only get an announcer pack for like six or seven characters out of like 30 in that game. She is
3: one of them. Excuse me? Why? Why? (laughs) I (laughs) I need more of that in my life. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. As much as I vastly prefer Heroes of the Storm to Dota 2... Um, Dota 2 does have the best yes. announcer pack, yes. which is like one of possibly the only uh like in app purchases I've ever made mm-hmm. in any game ever, uh, is the Stanley is it... Parable announcer oh. pack for Dota 2. Also which a, is yeah. fucking amazing. Does it also have the Rick and Morty one? Or is that legal? Yeah, announced? but that one's a yeah, that they do have that one. Yeah. I find that one annoying. Really? Okay, just I just I... like Well Rick and Morty, their voices are intentionally annoying. Mm. And it really grates if I'm already... It, I mean, this is purely subjective. opinion. <laughs> sure, yeah, 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 But, like, I mean, their voices are, you know, gritty and... I, I can see that. Kind of hard to listen to yep. by design. That's part of the joke. And when you're already playing a frustrating game and it's like, oh, uh, Morty! Uh, 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 the tower's <laughs> down! It's like, I can't fucking Please deal stop with Stop this. this, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I, I can see that. I know there's also one for the um, narrator
3: from Bastion which I like a lot, but, uh, but yeah. But anyway, there's there's a ton. There's yeah. pretty much anything you could ever want. But um but but, but in
1: here's the storm what I like is that you've got ones like those and then you also have ones like Tassador, who's the other one I've been playing a lot, who is just shield support. Like they yeah. get creative with what sh- what support can mean outside of just this guy heals you this way, this guy heals you that way, which I think is a mistake a lot of um not a lot, but I've seen other games that have a large cast of character classes that make this mistake where, like, every support just has to be some brand of healer, and, like, I, yeah. I, I like the range of support class characters. As someone who prefers to be support and be the person who buffs up my friends who are just slashing everyone up, I have a lot of fun with that. Like, especially if it's me and mm-hmm. someone else. Um, We had this one match where uh, of the five of us, I was Lieutenant Morales, and someone else was Lucio, and... We were we waiting for a couple big brawlers to come back from the dead, and we're we just healing each other and holding this line as best we can, and we wind up making, like, as, as good progress as we had with, um, the, what's the, the, the big, the big Warcraft guy with the guitar thing. He had just died, and it was as if he was still there. It was, it was beautiful. Um, it, it, there, there was some- uh, ETC. 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 Who is, who is a, a lovely gentleman. Um, but no, yes. Yeah, so, so we've been having a lot of fun with that. I, I am happy mm-hmm. to have gotten into that. I I know you I, I know you play that as well sometimes and I'm 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 glad to have found it. I I play that a lot. Yeah, we should we should hop in together. I know you me and Nathan were all talking about it. We should we should hop into a game together sometime.
0: Yeah, Anthony's the last holdout. Yeah, no, Anthony, you got to get in. I just don't like those types of games. That's fine. That's fine. No, well, I, uh, the, I'm not I'm not judging or anything like everyone I listen to loves that game yeah so I'm not like judging or anything I just I'm not good at like real time strategy games yeah I mean
3: yeah no
1: I I I mean that's
0: that's totally
3: fair Uh, the one thing about Heroes of the Storm though I think
0: uh, is jail jail Jane Hi, I'm Jail. Alluding to- Hi, my <laughs> name is I'm Jay Prison Are you not white? Then you don't want to go anywhere near me. <laughs> Jesus,
3: Anthony, <laughs> holy fuck. that's a little, that's a little too real and Ooh. good. But, Orange is um, the New Black season five out now on Netflix. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now exclusively on the Hey Poor podcast. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yes, we are. Uh, we are the entire cast of Orange is the New Black. It's now. True, it's true. Um anyway, uh, I was gonna uh, carry that joke further, but I don't know anything about that show and I was I worried don't about like I was worried about like my jokes like were about to run up against my lack of knowledge. Right. That, that anyway, is bad. not important. <laughs> that uh stop what I was me. going to say about Heroes of the Storm, which is a video game this has been the tangent episode, even more yeah, so than usual. We just debated um, about
1: announcer packs for five minutes ago, back a minute ago. Like,
3: Okay, but here, but Heroes of the Storm is very much a MOBA for people who don't generally like MOBAs. I, yes, absolutely. Um, and uh, and not to say like, so Anthony, you must play. I'm I'm saying in general, um, that is very much kind of what they set out to do. Like people who are big into MOBAs don't like it because it's dumbed down. Mm-hmm. I like it because it's dumbed down. I'm dumb. Please bring it yes. down to my level. It's also like, well not. I that don't dumb. want to. I don't want to learn these like incredibly complicated item builds. Like yeah. just give me a choice between two things. Great. I love that. Um, yeah. And they really like, they don't focus on balance as much. They just focus on making stuff that's fun. And as a result, there's a lot of things in it that are like kind of dumb, but dumb in a good way. Like the uh, Cho'Gal, that character that oh, can be played. Oh my God. That it, two people control yeah. the same character. <laughs> one moves him and one uh does actual attacks and abilities, guns, which is a lot of fun. Sprawl. It's a fucking stupid character competitively. Yeah. Oh, it's an idiotic
1: idea, but it's great. I love it.
3: But it's great. It's a lot yeah. of fun. And there's a Abather who mm. basically his role is to sit in the base, and you were talking about weird supports and like different types of support. Yeah. Abathur is right up is there. there. Abathur sits in the base and attaches a little parasite hat yep. to somebody else and then basically just... <laughs> rides their back. It's funny you mentioned Um, Abathur earlier
1: today before we started recording, actually. We were introducing um, someone who hadn't played before to the group and the first character she went to was like We were like, oh yeah, you can try basically anyone. First character she goes to is Abathur and we all go, no, no, look, look. There's reasons (laughs) for this. This is the one you can't play if you don't know what this game is yet. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Just made purely like, what am I doing here perspective. Mm -hmm. Oh man. But yeah, I, I've been I've been enjoying getting into that, and I, I, I completely agree, it is a MOBA for people who don't like MOBAs, because Anthony, I was very much like you, where I could not get into any of those, like, I've said it before on here, the only MOBA I've enjoyed before was Awesome Knots, I, I really like Awesome Knots, um, and that's mm-hmm. that's the only other one like that, which is obviously a bit of a stretch even mm-hmm. there.
3: I've I've always enjoyed like the idea of MOBAs. Yes, like, I got into Dota two first, and I've dabbled in really all of the ones that matter. I think I never actually played a was it Strife, um, it, whatever the one is with the gods. That's not yeah. Strife, um, it, is it
1: it is Strife. Yeah, I, I've also played some of that. I actually don't hate that one. I,
3: that's pretty much the only one I haven't played. Strife um, is kind of fun. It, it's it's
1: bizarre, but it's fun, and the uh, the developers are actually really interesting in the way they handle like what gods and mythologies they take from. They actually, like, consult... Um, like They legitimately have consulted people, uh, like, relevant figures in different cultures who are authorities on, like, what is okay to present, what is not okay to present, what might be seen as offensive. Like, mm-hmm. it's interesting how much they actually do care about the detail there.
3: That's nice to know. Yeah. The first I ever heard about Strife, and this was years and years ago, this is before I was writing about games, mm-hmm. uh, the first I ever heard about was some controversy because they were, like intentionally courting the edginess, they're like, it's gonna be a game where you play as gods, and we're putting the Judeo-Christian God and nope. Jesus in there and I'm no one's and that was which is good. Yeah. But I was at, but that was the first thing I ever saw of it and I was like, okay, absolutely having nothing to do with this game. Like, <laughs> sure it's your, you know, freedom of speech or whatever. I won't say they shouldn't make it, but that is incredibly offensive in Judaism. And I yeah, don't yeah. believe in Christianity, although I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of depictions in Jesus. I don't know the rules there, but in Judaism, yeah. that is like, that's terrible. I, I yeah. So, From uh, what I understand, so it seems true. Yeah. So even though I know that's not the route they went with, that soured it in my mouth. That is
1: very fair. Yeah.
3: But the point is that, uh, so I played a bunch of MOBAs, and I always enjoyed the idea of it. Like, yeah. I kind of enjoyed Dota too, but the complexity of it was too much, especially because I'm really busy. I work. <laughs> Including, hey, poor player. You know, I work three jobs <laughs> and all this other stuff yeah. in my life. So I don't, I don't want to, you know, sit there and memorize this that's, sort of thing. Yeah, um, that's a funny and thing. So, Heroes of the Storm is is perfect for me mm-hmm. for because it's it's just fun.
1: Yeah, that that's a funny thing. I think that's why you don't find a ton of games journalists who plays a, play a lot of like Dota two or stuff like that, or even like. Even, there's not a ton of games journalists still playing, like, you know, Overwatch or whatever other thing like that, because they work so much and have to absorb so many different games, there's not always time to focus on the level that something like Dota requires on such an anal level. I'm anal about a lot of things in my life, I don't have time to be anal about that, like yeah it's it's interesting it really just comes down to like who has the time and ability to focus on that what kind of no thing.
3: yeah it's it's, it's very all... true. people talk a lot about uh there's a certain type of gamer who will complain about uh, critics not being very good at games. I get that sometimes yeah on, my, mean... uh, on my like first video for the channel, my doom four <laughs> video that blew up, there oh, were a yeah. lot of people being like uh, you're not very good at the game yeah. um, and <laughs> while it was you know maybe less true at that time uh, but like in general. You know, you, we don't have time to get good at games. Yeah. Like, I played a bunch of Mirage this week, which I'll talk about a little bit. Yeah. Or is it just my turn now? Oh, uh, I have one more thing. I kind of saved the bigger one
1: for last, okay. actually.
3: So, But anyway, the, so I'll just say real quick... Uh, like, I played a bunch of Barrage this week, which is a competitive shooter. And then I uninstalled it because I know right. I'm not going to have time to play that. Like, yeah, even I if basically get to have one game that I'm playing for myself right now. And honestly, you know what it is? Mm. It's been fucking poker night at the inventory, too, <laughs> is why I'm playing my free time. Wow. You know why? Because mm. that game requires no fucking thought whatsoever. That's fair. I just play some poker and hear some jokes. Yeah, yeah. And fair that's enough. It.
1: That's funny. Um, so I want to I want to move on to the last thing I have, which is kind of the biggest. Um, on the day it released, so whatever. But uh, on the day it released, we got review code for Rhyme on PS4, and I uh, was happy to snap that up and am working on the review for it right now. Um, it will be up by the time this episode goes up. I'm actually going to be writing it tonight and also making a video review that may or may not be up right with the text review. Um, either way, Bold will probably be up by the time this podcast is up, so I am happy to talk about Rhyme, um...
0: Yeah, I was so, gonna ask, cause I was planning on getting that for the Switch when it comes out, so I was wondering if that was... Good I
1: forgot it was wondering. coming to the Switch. So here's where I, here's how I feel about it right now. Um, as of us recording this, I am very near the end, based on what we are told for its playtime, um, I am in what appears to be, like, near the end of the last third of it. Um... So right off the bat, what I really like about Rhyme, which is, so, so for people who don't know, Rhyme is this, they might have seen it at E3 last year, it's kind of along the lines in terms of support of something like No Man's Sky, where it was a smaller indie game that sort of was given a boost by Sony and PlayStation to reach a wider audience than it otherwise might, and, and like sort of be given a bigger budget. Um, I will say it seems like they just decided not to market it as much, which maybe is because of how much No Man's Sky wound up flopping at the end of the day. Um, obviously, they're completely different games. It's just the same kind of, like, approach as to how they got involved with the game. So, what I really like about Rhyme, when I was watching stuff for it back in the beginning, I had I- seen some media about this game, not a ton. Um, it's about a boy who washes up on an island that is full of this really interesting architecture. It's very, like, um... I know there's a name for the type of architecture that it is, but it's honestly escaping me right now. But it's very well aestheticized. Um, it's a really beautiful visual theme. Um, washes up on this island, meets a fox spirit that starts guiding him. It's all wordless, no no storytelling. In that way, it's very much like Journey or uh, or Abzu. You know, either of those games by that studio, um, which is really strong. And when I first saw footage of it, I was kind of wondering if it would wind up just being like. I mean, you know, n- n- just kind of an exploration game where you're just exploring and learning shit about this place in in, in the way that Journey kind of was. Like, there was some very light puzzle-solving and avoidance stuff in Journey, like the part where you're going through the snow and have to avoid the, the flying boy. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I called him a flyy boy. But um, it, it, what, what it turns out to be is actually something with a lot more puzzle mechanics in it. It's a lot more of a puzzle game than I anticipated it being. And they're all really good puzzles. <laughs> so you wash up on this island, and you're sort of just making your way towards this big tower in the sky and more things happen once you get into the tower Um, I will say without, without saying when this occurs there is a bait and switch point at which you think oh is the game over already and then you realize in a way it's sort of just beginning and there's a bit of a paradigm shift in terms of what you're doing um, and I have mixed feelings on that, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll get to that in a second. So it, it, it involves a lot of puzzles with perspective. There's this really neat mechanic where um, you'll find these pedestals where from these pedestals you can see, like, parts, like like gold blocks and pillars and little little things that if you look at them at the right angle all line up into the shape of a door in a specific pattern. If you can line those pieces up so they all look like a door with, in the distance, a wall that has, like, the similar shape on it, they will become that door, and that door will open. Like, all those gold pieces that you've seen in different par- in different areas, when you line your perspective up from this pedestal, will all just go to that door and assemble the doorway to wherever you're going next. And so there's some really fun perspective puzzles like that. Um, there is a lot, and this, this is what's introduced first, there are a lot of puzzles involving, like, little statues that have little, uh, <laughs> little spirits that look kind of like the ones from Princess Mononoke, where they're those little guys with the heads that rattle. Um... It's very much like that. All these little spirit statues that you'll wake up, and you wake them up by shouting at them, because one of the mechanics is the boy you're controlling will just yell at things or sing to things to, um, to interact with them. So, you know, you'll yell at them, and one will make a door open, but maybe some will only be active for a limited time. Maybe there's some that will have repeated, like, reusable effects. Maybe there's ones that you need to all wake up at once so they can all open a big door together or release a block you need to move somewhere together. Um, and the way it, fu- it messes around with that is really cool. It introduces different types as the game goes on. Um, a little later on there's one that will always be attached to like rotatable surfaces. Like, you'll find one of these little statue guys in a wall in what appears to be a half-circle room. And you're like, ah, why is this guy in this wall? And you shout at him. If you sh- Whatever angle you shout at him, he will turn and the entire wall will, will turn so that it's directly um, perpendicular to you. So, it's really a circular room with a wall in the middle of it, and you're able to sort of move the wall, but you don't realize that at first. And it's a lot of really fun perspective puzzles like that. And there's other types of puzzles, there's a lot of ones involving um, light and playing with shadows, and all this stuff that is really neat. My one complaint with these puzzles is that I find myself very frustrated by which ideas they have fun with, and then just seem to drop after a while. Like, there are a lot of really cool ideas in the first uh, third of this game, in the first leg of this game, that just go away after a while, and it really makes me sad that they go away, because they're really, really brilliant. They're really cool ideas. I'm not going to say brilliant. I'm not going to say they, like, blew my mind, like, when I played Portal for the first time or anything, or playing The Witness, but really good puzzle mechanics. Interesting, unique puzzle mechanics that I feel like in some places could have been used more thoroughly than they were. Um, At least, and again, maybe in the last 15 minutes I have to play as of recording this, that'll change. I don't really expect it to. Um, The other other one issue I have with it, and again, I, I actually really like this game... My other issue with it is um, when, when it first begins, you are very much encouraged to explore this island. Like, you'll enter a lot of very wide areas where, oh, there's puzzle elements over here, over there, over there. You can kind of choose where you want to go and, like, what you want to investigate first a few times. Um, or at least th- there's this feeling of openness. Um, and you're very much encouraged to explore because there's little collectibles you can find along the way. After a certain point, Um, The paradigm shift that I mentioned in terms of, like, sort of what you're doing and how you're treating the world around you actually discourages you from exploring. And I found that very jarring, um, where I had been encouraged not only in the game, but actually in a very heartfelt letter written by the developer that he emailed with codes (laughs) for the game. um, When the developer himself is encouraging players to explore as much as possible... And then one of the later legs of the game, for a while, really actively discourages you. It's an odd disconnect from what felt like the heart of the game up until that point. I'm not going to say it breaks it. It doesn't at all. But it was a very jarring disconnect for me for a minute. Um, But yeah, overall, I really like it. I would honestly describe it like... Visually, it's very Wind Waker-like, and I think some people might expect it to be like that. It's it's not mechanically in the slightest. I would describe it, uh, in terms of exploring, very much like an Uncharted game, actually, in terms of, like, crawling along ledges and, you know, doing all this sort of parkour-y stuff, and, like, you know, you're, you're a young child instead of a grown adult Nathan Drake. Um, but you're doing all this all this sort of, like, very repelling-based exploring around the area, Um and it's that, and it's just a lot of exploration. The world design reminds me of Proteus in some ways, which is a neat indie game from a few years back, um or a little bit of the witness even not not on the same scale in terms of endless complexity, but in in some smaller ways um but yeah so i I really like rhyme, I think it's a um I think it has some flaws in terms of its pacing, and I wish there were some puzzle elements that carried forward more but I was pleasantly surprised by what it turned out to be compared to what I expected it to be going in. And that's, that's I think, the biggest takeaway is, is that it really, really made me happy in terms of what it had to show me that I did not expect to be shown.
3: So what header pun are you using? I have Something no about idea. rhyme and reason? <sighs>
1: it's so easy, though. Mm, I, I don't know. No, this, these are the real questions. I mean, I had some good... Something
3: about busting a rhyme? I, oof,
1: mm. I I had some good ones for uh for my last couple of reviews. I got I got to ponder on that. That's that's something to to like think deeply on. I must stare into the sky and just look for answers in the depths of the cosmos. Um so The
3: most important part of any review <laughs> is the header pun. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Um when I I When I have a he- when I have a header that's something like a good game hampered by its frame rate issues i'm like i've lost yeah no i try to it avoid like that feels like a failure i
1: try to avoid that my uh one of my favorites was when i reviewed a game called particle mace on steam and on my header was mace the final frontier <laughs> nice yeah I was, I was happy with that one there you go fucking nerd yeah dude but no so, so back to back to you you were asking anthony if it was if it was worth your time i would say it definitely is i'm actually not sure what it retails for off the top of my head but Assuming it's not exorbitant, and I don't expect it to be. I, I think it's definitely worth like twenty bucks or something like that. I, I think it, it's every bit. It
0: quick, because I have it pre-ordered.
1: Oh, cool. I'll see how yeah. much
0: it is on Amazon right now. It well, retails for twenty nine ninety
3: nine. Okay.
1: Um. Okay, yeah. It, sort of it, fast it's fast. it's about a six hour or more. I actually haven't paid super good attention to how long I've spent in it, but about, about six or eight hour game with a Ooh, lot of it's little. It's the same software. people.
3: It's the same people who did. Uh, uh, Time travel game came out earlier this year. That I sexy Brutale that Wait, is the, it? Oh, I same people. I didn't know. Yeah, that. tequila works. No
1: kid. Oh yeah, that is.
3: Oh my god, I my interest my interest in this game just fucking skyrocketed. <laughs> yeah, no. Also, I, uh, just to say uh,
0: one quick thing: if you hmm. are buying the Switch, it's an extra ten dollars for forty dollars. Okay.
1: Are, are they doing a physical retail release of it, or is it just digital? Yes. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, and then that that goes. You know that we we've talked about that before, like whether that's worth it to you individually. I. For me, I, I would say I, in some cases, am cool with paying a little extra to take it on the go as much as have it on a console. Um, but yeah, however you want to play it, rhyme is pretty cool. I, I like it. Um, I, I want to say one thing I watched real I know I've gone really long, but if I can just say one thing real quick that I watched recently that I wish I'd watched sooner. Um, I'm a big fan of the anime director uh, Mamoru Hosoda, who did Summer Wars and he did uh, The Girl yeah. Who Left Through Time. I just finally watched The Boy and the Beast, which is his oh, most recent dude. one from a couple years ago. That is maybe my new favorite of his movies. I really, really, really liked The Boy and the Beast.
0: Um, I'm debating on if I like that more than Summer Wars or not. Yeah, which
1: I think Summer Wars is kind of everyone's favorite, like, go-to favorite. Like, it's just the best of his movies. Um, But I don't know if it is anymore. I think Boy and the Beast might be better.
0: (laughs) Um, It is a very close, like, a very close debate on that.
1: Yeah, and and it's it's really neat, because it's like... It's very um, inspired by Spirit Away by Hayao Miyazaki, and early in, in its like first act, I got really worried that we were just going to be watching kind of a clone of that. It's not at all. It just has some similar setup stuff going on, but a lot of the eventual writing and stuff that happens is much more Hosoda's kind of writing than it ever was Miyazaki's. Like, it's, There's no mistaking that. Um, but it has a very similar setup. Boy enters this spirit world that really is is heavily influenced by that kind of world where everyone is sort of animal people. Um, the emperor of this, I forget he's the emperor, just the king dude of this, of this like city, land, is sort of retiring to godhood, is how they describe it. Like, I guess when you are the elder of this land, when you decide it's your time to retire, you are able to become a god, and you are able to decide what god you become, and there's, there's a funny little running joke about that near the end, and then it gets actually really interesting, um, what they do with it. And there are these two main warriors who are fighting to replace him, who are, like, fighting to prove which of them is worthy of replacing this guy. Um, And the one who's kind of the underdog is... One of the reasons he's the underdog is that he's never had an apprentice. And so he winds up going into the human world and finding this young boy who um, has gone through some really harrowing family issues that have kind of scarred him and left him to be a runaway. Um, He gets taken in by this guy and pulled into this world and becomes his apprentice, and the two sort of wind up... I'm I'm not even gonna say Like, the relationship between the two of them is not what it initially seems like it's gonna be, and the way they tackle it is, like, one of my favorite... I'm a huge fan of, like, Master and Apprentice becoming friends stories for whatever reason. Like, I love love the Karate Kid movies. um, Anything like that. And it surprised me in how it chose to tackle that kind of relationship and how it developed over time. And I, I just... I don't know, really cool movie. Um, I'm a fan of all of that studio's work. Personally, I think Wolf Children is the weakest of them, but I, even that I really like. Um, it, it's the same, for people who don't know, it's the same studio that did um, the Digimon movie in the 90s that became the middle act of the American Digimon movie, God. which is an amalgam of three different movies in Japan, and just dubbed and to try it's, and make it's sense. My,
0: it's like my second or third favorite anime movie just because of how fucking ch- cheesy they just it, it's,
1: it it's a fun time. Yeah. And, and if you if if you haven't watched the original Japanese ones, they're actually worth worth your time as well. They're all pretty neat. Uh, especially the one that he did which actually eventually became a very direct inspiration for Summer Wars. So which yeah. which yeah, plot-wise which is why I think I like
0: it as much as I do because it reminds me a lot of that
1: I think that's true for a lot of people to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't even know he had done that until after I saw it, but once I once I found that out, it all sort of clicked into place for me. Um but no, I, I really like The Boy and the Beast, much in the way that I think Miyazaki stuff is often a good gateway into anime for people who might not always be into it. I feel that The Boy and the Beast is one of Hosoda's uh movies that is most aptly in that same boat. I, I think you cannot be someone who really watches much anime and watch the Boy and the Beast and have a really good time with it. It's really heartfelt, it's really cool, it's got a really well realized world. Um its animation does something that I know I mentioned with Voltron a while back where like we finally reached the point where you can pretty fluidly mask 3D animation into a 2D film or a show. Um, It does that with background characters and with crowds a lot, and I notice it just because I look for it now because I'm curious of how that's working, and it's fluid as hell. It's really flawless, and just from an animation standpoint, it's cool to see that happening as well. Um, Sorry, I went longer on that than I meant to, but I really liked The Boy and the Beast, and I had to talk about it.
3: All right. Uh, have I have a few doing, things I? this week. I'm gonna try and keep it pretty short and sweet. Um, I reviewed Mirage, yeah. Arcane Warfare. You can uh, see that on um, on HeyPortPlayer.com. I don't know why I forgot the name of the <laughs> website. It's the name of the podcast. <laughs> what is it? Uh, is it?
1: IGN? Uh, what's, uh, what's that one called?
3: God, I wish. Not because I like IGN. I think they fucking suck, but I, I, the IGN Paycheck... Um, no, uh, I, I reviewed Mirage Arcane Warfare, um, and uh, and I still stand by pretty much all my beta impressions, where I said that I thought it was one of the like most unique and interesting competitive games I've played in a long time, likely to be my favorite from this year, um, but it does have a lot of problems. Uh, re- well, may- not a lot of problems. It has some issues. I go through them in more detail in my review. The biggest problem it has right now is that for various reasons... Um, it has a really small player base. Its all-time peak was 190 Ooh, players. Okay. And those players only ever want to play the two worst modes. Nobody is ever playing like the objective-based modes that are supposed to be the whole point of the game. Um, and it was kind of an interesting thing to review because it's like, well, this isn't exactly Torn Banner Studios' fault, but on the other hand, like, it's a big part of the experience you're paying 30 to $40 for. Um... But you can read my review for more detail about that. I I talked about it a lot in the beta, and I pretty much stand by everything I said there. So just go and listen to that episode, why don't you? Um, Let's see. What else? Uh, I'm trying to... What was the other thing? Whatever. Um, Oh, yeah. So my roommate... Well, one of my roommates um, got Injustice 2 on the PlayStation 4. Oh, cool. um, And I've been playing that with him. Uh, and we went through the whole story mode, just, like, trading the controller and stuff, and have done some of the multiplayer. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Injustice 2, if you don't know, is a sequel to Injustice, Gods Among Us, and it's by the people who made Mortal Kombat, and it's Mortal Kombat, but with DC superheroes. Essentially. Um, and I played quite a bit of the first one, not when it came out. A few years later, my brother and I picked it up in the sale and, uh, had a lot of fun with that. Um... I'm generally not a big fighting game person unless it's Smash. So, like, I can't necessarily speak to all the technicals of it. Um, from a multiplayer perspective, Injustice 2 is pretty much the same as Injustice 1, except there's more characters, and um, they've cleaned up some stuff. Like, the UI is much easier to read, and I I don't know. I feel like combos and things are a little easier to pull off. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, they've just, like... It, improved upon what was already there, which is really all they needed to do, I think, because the first Injustice was a good game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just add to that. It's more than fucking Smash 4 managed to do, is just have more characters, so, you know. Uh, I, uh, I, like I think Smash <laughs> DLC doesn't count.
1: I'm not thinking about DLC. I'm thinking about how much better the balance is in 4, but that's an argument
3: yeah. we don't need to get into. <laughs> um, but I, I don't fucking care. The minimum any fighting game sequel should do, in my opinion, is have more characters. That is something that I specifically look for. But anyway, um, what is really quite good about Injustice 2 though, is that the story is actually uh, good this time. Um, Opinions were somewhat divided on the first Injustice. No one really would have argued that it was great. I personally thought it was shit. Like I enjoyed the campaign mode. It was pretty fun. But the story was boring and overwrought and, it was, oh my yeah. god, just shut the fuck up. It was fun
1: but stupid. Um, it was fun but stupid.
3: I didn't think it was fun. Oh, okay. I actually disagree. I thought that it was, like... Pretentious is all fuck. Oh, I thought, like it's okay. all about like, oh, what if Superman killed the Joker and it's all edgy and wanky and oh. we're taking it really seriously, and we're talking for like nine hours in between 30-second snippets of gameplay uh, yeah. with this huge world we've crafted and they turned it into an actual comic book later, and I've that, wanted that, to throw up. That the comic isn't I... even
0: canon to like the story now, apparently. Oh, Christ.
3: That's what I like about Injustice 2. Is that it doesn't go completely goofy, which honestly I probably would have enjoyed if it had, but it doesn't, it's not taking itself nearly as seriously. It has more fun. Um, like, uh, there, there's a lot of characters who get to have funny moments, like Green Arrow, who is in good iterations, like basically a more comedic Batman. Um, he and uh, Black Canary have a lot of great interactions throughout. And just overall, it feels like it's more like about the adventure of it rather than trying to be grim and gritty. It's about like, hey, this is a ridiculous universe. There's a giant gorilla, and he's being controlled by an. I love that he put
1: him in. They put him in at this time. He's so good.
3: Yes. What Uh, a a good decision that was. And not only does it make it a lot more bearable to sit through, but it means that when there are serious moments, and there are some serious moments, I actually gave a shit. Because when Superman has just been brooding the whole time, I don't care when he's brooding a little bit more. But when the rest of the story has felt like this big adventure, and then evil Superman just gives, like, this... Because it takes place in the universe where Superman is evil. Like, he just... Uh, he and Batman will be, you know, sort of sharing some banter, but then he gives this sort of look, or he says something a little darker, it it feels a billion times more effective, because you're like, holy shit, that's right, this guy is, you know, horrible. Um, and it's just, I, you know, I don't want to say too much, because it is a story that actually could be spoiled, Um But uh, I quite enjoyed the story of this. As someone who hated the story of the first game, like again, enjoyed the campaign mode for what it was. That's what I meant more. Fucking hated the story. Oh yeah, that's
1: more what I was thinking. Honestly, is is the actual act of the campaign
3: mode. Yeah, yeah, that was fine. But the I thought the story was overwrought and stupid beyond stupid. And this second one is, I quite enjoyed the story. I almost was like. I want to play through this quickly because I want to see what happens next in this adventure I'm invested in. So that's uh, that's my injustice view. Uh, injustice two minute. <laughs>
0: um, I will be getting it eventually because same blue. Uh... Blue Beetle's a character in that game, and I always loved him, so that'll be...
1: Oh, yeah, that's actually a reason for me, too. Try. Hell, yeah. yeah.
3: Being, being not a big comics person, I'd never heard of Blue Beetle beforehand, and now he's, like, my favorite. D- he completely stole my Yeah, heart. All,
1: all of DC's yeah. less popular ones are their best, I swear to God. That's very, like, DC yeah. hipster of me, but I really feel that way. You're, Ham, you're not wrong. <laughs> Booster Gold, either. like, so many of them.
3: My favorite DC hero, and for a long time, my favorite superhero, uh, was... Green Arrow. Yeah. Um,
0: and then the show came and you got More
3: well-known... Yeah, I I hate the Arrow show. I know people like it. I gave it a good shot. I watched the first, like, season yeah. and a half. Yeah. And it sucked. And everyone's like, oh, if you stay till the third season, it gets really good. And I'm like... That doesn't... Stay yeah. till the third season? Do you know how many hours of my life that is? Yeah. Um, and, and then the other thing is that I don't know that I'll ever like Arrow because it's a grim, gritty take on Green Arrow, and that's not what I like him. I liked him because he was this sarcastic piece of shit. Yeah, he's one of
1: the goofiest. He's, like, the goofiest.
3: In the the comics, he quit the Justice League, like, every week because he would just get sick of Batman shit. (laughs) To my knowledge, and I, not being a big comics person, there's a real good chance I'm wrong about this, but he's the only DC character I've ever seen who called out Superman for wearing underwear outside of his pants. (laughs)
0: I don't know it. if he's the only one, but that I haven't heard of it before. So. That's
1: that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a niche I enough thing. I feel like
3: it's gotta have happened just over the decades of it. But so that like that to me is the green arrow. He's the moral compass of the Justice League, but he's also the guy who sees that, "Hey, we're all walking around in like fucking spandex yeah. or whatever fighting aliens and dumb shit. Like our lives are a joke." He sees
1: the ridiculousness of it. Yeah.
3: And in the injustice games, he's played by Alan Tudyk, who oh, I think nice. is the perfect choice. Nice. Did not know that. Yeah. That's real neat. Um, now the probably I think yeah I think it's the last thing I'm going to talk about this week is I went and saw a film. Yeah.
0: And oh film, boy! <laughs> the greatest film of 2017.
1: What? the you and do a with a drunken sailor. What do you do with a drunken <laughs> sailor? What
3: do you do? That review it like, on the podcast. I went and I saw Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men Tell No Tales. God and I'm going to do something that we generally don't do on the podcast, but it's my podcast, so eat shit. Uh, which is, I'm actually going to read, I reviewed it for Hate Player, and I'm going to read the first uh, three paragraphs or so of the review. Go for it. Good evening. I know that Hey Poor Player is a video game website, and that even when we do film reviews, they're usually things that have some connection to what we nebulously refer to as geek culture, like Doctor Strange. I'm not sure whether or not the Pirates of the Caribbean movies fit that qualification, but I do know this. I believe that those with the gift of writing, and writing well, have a responsibility to use that gift for good. Having seen Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men Tell No Tales for Myself, I could not stand by if I did not make some attempt to save others from the same terrible fate. Let me be clear. Do not see this film. The first thing you need to understand is that no one will ever be in a better state of mind to enjoy this film than I was. I have a possibly unhealthy fondness for anything even remotely pirate-related, and the first three Pirates of the Caribbean movies together form one of my favorite film trilogies of all time— coming in close second only to the original Star Wars movies. I went to see it on the biggest screen my theater provided after a long and difficult week. I wasn't expecting anything as good as the first three films, I'm no fool, but I hoped that I could at least forget my troubles with some enjoyably over-the-top pirate action. Even just hearing the sound of Will and Elizabeth's theme playing over the Disney Castle logo gave me goosebumps. I was the most easy-to-please person in that theater, and all the film had to do to meet my expectations was be slightly interesting at any point. Oh, no. The second thing you need to understand (laughs) is that I walked out of the theater between two different groups of people, one in front and one behind. As I was alone, I couldn't help but overhear their conversations. Each group of people, and I promise you this was true, was talking about a different plot hole that ruined the movie for them. <laughs> you remember the scene with the spinning wheel in Prometheus? A scene so stupid, so impossible to believe, and so utterly pointless that it became the only thing anyone remembers about that movie? Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men Tell No Tales is a film made entirely of those kinds of moments. Oh, no. The more you think about it, the more you realize that there is literally not one scene that makes the slightest bit of sense. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, is an onion of suck. Peel back the outer layers of bad acting and boring action, and you'll find inner layers of inconsistent mythology, nonsensical character motivations, and even more bad acting. Oh my god, so, so you liked it, is what you're saying, right? Pretty good? Pretty good? 12 Six out of 10. Odd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I gave it a 0.5 out of 5, the lowest score Hey Poor Flair offers for anything, because I don't think I've ever seen a movie before that managed to. that managed these two things. One, every single thing it does, it does wrong. There is not one aspect of this movie that works really on any level. And two, it's not entertaining. Like, I could say the same thing about nothing in it working about Food Fight, but I fucking love watching Food Fight. I think it's hilarious. I don't know how you train wreck this bad and still be fucking boring.
1: I don't know either. I, 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 Uh. like, like we were talking about this before it even came out because like I uh, I actually recently watched all four of the previous ones with some friends um, mm-hmm. having not seen and as I said yeah.
3: I'm a I'm a huge fan of the Pirates of the Caribbean you
1: and me both, both. I, I I feel personally that three loses me a little bit but even so I would say all three of those original movies the original trilogy is a fantastic trilogy of really good adventure movies uh, and four is boring and could have been so fucking easily saved
3: if they would just done a few things better um, like and the fifth movie makes the fourth one look right. good. Right. Well, that was really my takeaway. I went in feeling like at least I know it's gonna be better than the fourth. Yeah. Because the fourth is one of my least favorite films ever. Wow. And I walked out going, you know what? There were multiple moments, however short, in the fourth movie where I was entertained. Oh to yeah, it.
1: like they're, they're, The fourth movie's the worst one by far, but it has a few badass moments. Um. Blackbeard. At least if, Blackbeard's ship has a flamethrower in the front of it. That's cool. Yeah. Like there, are, there are things. Barbosa
3: and Jack shimmying up the palm tree. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, totally. Um, it's just and truly, I think that nobody will enjoy this movie. <laughs> but the like, if you're a fan of the movie, uh, or if you're a fan of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, I should say, <laughs> if you're a fan of the previous films in the series. Yeah. Um, you're going to like this movie less. Because being a fan who's mm-hmm. seen especially the first three, like, I don't know. I, I usually watch them, like, every, every year or so. Yeah. Uh, I'll re-watch that original trilogy. Not as, like, a scheduled thing, but just like, hey, I want to watch those movies again because I love them. Um, and knowing all of that, I saw every single point where they completely fuck <laughs> up the mythology. <laughs> Or where characters act ridiculously out of character. I mean, the first scene with Barbosa in this is him freaking out, like, visibly shaking because he's scared of these ghost pirates. He was a ghost pirate for eight years. Is that real? Holy crap. Yeah. And you'd think that they would, like... They don't even mention that fact. You'd think it would come up. The whole thing is like the dead have taken over the sea. You'd think he would at some point mention... I think they just don't want you to realize how much the villains of this movie are a ripoff of the villains in the previous films. Like In order, one, they're undead. They're undead like the villains in the first movie. Um, They can't walk on land like the villains in the second movie. They uh, are, like, former uh, members of the Empire who hate pirates, like the main villain in the third movie. And they have a magic ship, like the villain in the fourth movie. Yeah. Um, Although, having said that, the only actor who really, like, came to play, it feels like, Mm. the only actor who's putting in the fucking work is uh, Javier Bardem as Captain Salazar, the main villain. Okay, yeah. Um, now, obviously, like, just from a design standpoint, the villain is terrible, no, as I just described. No, he's
1: shitty-looking. Yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, I think he looks cool. Uh, um, mm. But, I don't know, that's I, that's personal opinion. Yeah, he, I He's, am, like, the design of, you know, what magical powers he has, he, he's completely, he's a hodgepodge of the villains from the last film. That's my problem, The But yeah. Javier Bardem really sells him. Wow. Like, when he growls that he will stop at nothing to kill Jack Sparrow, like, you feel it. Um, And by far the best scene in the movie is he narrates a flashback with him and Jack where he explains why he hates Jack so goddamn much. That's cool. He sells it. And the movie wisely, I think, spends more time with him than any other character because I think the filmmakers realize, like, this is the only kind of good thing we have. Yeah. But he cannot, he's fighting against literally everything else in the movie. He's fighting against the fact that in one scene, they suddenly, they've never mentioned this before, but apparently he can possess the living. And you know this because he walks up to bargain bin Will Turner, (laughs) and one of his first mates is like, "Uh, uh, if you possess the living, there's no coming back. And then less than five minutes later, He pops out of the guy he possessed with no problems, no explanation, no fanfare. It's not even about being consistent with the mythology of the series. This movie can't be consistent with its own mythology for five minutes. Jesus. And it can't even... There's not even spectacle is what really fucking surprises me about it. It's what I was talking about how it manages to be so bad. Boring. And yeah, and the example the example I used is the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Its climactic final fight is probably my favorite in any. Fight. Yeah, it's really good. It is this huge fight between these three massive fleets over a raging magical whirlpool that combines these this large scale ship combat with intense sword fighting, and there's lots of fun character moments sprinkled throughout. Like yeah. it is this massive fight. The fourth Pirates of the Caribbean movie's final battle is just a handful of soldiers fighting in a cave. The final fight in this movie, the fifth one, are two regular guys sword fighting in an even smaller cave for less than three minutes. What the hell? That's the big final fight. That's the biggest set piece in the movie.
1: That's ridiculous. That's nuts. Like, oh, I don't know. I, I, I... So so I I do want to ask you this. I I know there are some ads that were saying, like, oh, this is the beginning of the end of Jack Sparrow's Adventures. Is this meant to be the final one from what you can tell, or are they trying to set up for another goddamn sequel after this?
3: They're keeping it open. Okay. So I'm going to drop a spoiler on you, but you shouldn't fucking care. I cannot stress enough there is no reason you should see this film. If you're a fan and you think you need to go out of fan loyalty like I did, you'll hate it. If you're not a fan, obviously you'll hate it. Like, what are you fucking doing? Um, don't. Man, I'm so but, glad I never got into this franchise. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're
1: lucky for that. You, you truly are.
3: Yeah. But anyway, um, so they, they say several times in the movie, um, and some of the advertising material suggested this, that uh, they talk about it being the end of the story, the end of the line, um, which is emphasized by the fact that it involves fucking no plot lines from the rest of the previous movies, and it doesn't wrap anything up well at all. Well, thank God. You. Um, but, it <laughs> but they talk a lot about it being the end, and it ends with everything pretty much wrapped up, uh, Will and Elizabeth's story, which was already pretty much finished, but Perfectly they fuck finished. up at the beginning of the movie. It's, they, yeah, but they fuck it up at the beginning of the movie, and then they unfuck it by the end, so, like, they have a happy ending. Jack literally rides into the sunset. Uh, Barbosa is dead, which should be an emotional moment, but mm. isn't, and I still cannot... For days after, I was like, they killed Barbosa. It's one of my favorite film characters of all time. Yeah. I should feel you something. You should care. But by that... But by that point in the movie, I was just like, is it? I was literally almost ready to walk out. The only reason I didn't is because I had already decided I was going to write a review of it. Otherwise, I may have just walked out of my expensive theater seat. Um, but uh, so it ends with Jack literally sailing into the sunset, and it very much feels like this is meant to be a conclusion. Mm. Okay. But then there is a post credits scene. That implies that Davy Jones might be back. Oh, no! <laughs> which makes sense on no levels, because the whole ending of this film is that they activate this magic bullshit item, which is kind of a staple of Pirates of the Caribbean, yep. but it's even more bullshit than it, usual, that undoes quote, every curse on the sea. So, literally, everything is undone. Oh, good. And yet, Davy Jones is, A, still a squid person, and B, apparently back, even though he wasn't cursed, he was dead. Yeah, He was just dead. So, fucking... Ah, man. However, my... so So, and... And they've been very coy. There have been some people who are saying, yes, this is the end of the story, and then afterwards there's well, the screenwriters was like, well, it's the beginning of the end of the story, and we may have more planned, but... Wait, so that's I'll the tell fucking you
0: what, excuse that Kingdom Hearts has been doing for 11 years. No.
3: <laughs> yeah. My First of all, my desperate hope is that they'll fucking end. As far as I'm concerned, the third one is the last one. Like, really. Yeah. It tied everything up so well. Absolutely. But... I hope this is the last one. I also suspect it will be the last one just because they can't do these movies without Johnny Depp. And Johnny Depp, uh, if you haven't been following the news, went Robert Downey Jr. on set. And not new, sober Robert Downey Jr. I didn't know this actually. Old Robert Downey Jr. He's he's pretty much burnt almost all of his bridges in Hollywood. He hasn't had any big successes in a long time. Yeah, I guess that's Um, true. Obviously there's... Obviously, there's the big scandal with him, you know, beating his ex wife. Oh, Jesus. Um, which is, you know, pretty much as confirmed as such allegations can be. Um, and then in this movie, he would just refuse to show up. Huh. Um, they literally sent two uh, set assistants to watch his house. Oh, my God. And whenever he woke up, that's when they uh, started filming because he wouldn't show up on time, wouldn't show up Holy on schedule. Oh, crap. Um,. Just pretty much everything he could do. He went like Jared Leto's suicide squad in this, but if anything, worse. So like I suspect Mr. Depp may have burnt his last bridge, and I don't think they're going to do any
0: more. But that's just my suspicion. I hope not. Or Honestly, they'll just make it with new characters. Yeah.
1: They'll bring back that preacher kid who we cared about from the fourth one, right? Everyone cared about him, wants to see more of him. I, here's my thing, is and I know we've been on this for a bit, but like when I heard they were making a fourth one, I was at first encouraged, and I, I, I hate it less than you do I, but you and I both agree it's a bad movie. Um, I was mm-hmm. less discouraged because I knew that it was just going to be Johnny Depp and new characters. It was going to be Jack Sparrow and new characters. Right, My thought, which is,
3: which I did think was how was the, the way, way, to way to do, do it. it, because Will and Elizabeth's story was finished. Yeah,
1: Will and, Elizabeth, Will and Elizabeth were the main characters of the first three, more than Jack Sparrow was. Jack Sparrow was kind of the, like... You know, he he was he was the light-hearted... Like, he doesn't go through an arc, really. He doesn't
3: change. He's just this... Uh, he does have some, because there's this whole thing where he's well, terrified of dying and mm. how that changes I, but, I, would, yeah, I would say he's no, not the focus. He's very much... He's, you're right. He's not the main he is character. He Max in the, Fury Road.
1: Like, he, he's... he's oh, I mean, more yeah. involved than that, but he's kind of Mad Max in Fury Road, where Furiosa is really the main character of that movie. Will and
3: Elizabeth are in that trilogy. And... Well, what he is is, if you're familiar with the concept of the hero's journey or the monomyth, he's the trickster. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's an established character. He's the the side character who shifts loyalties and kind of fucks with everybody. That's what he's good at. That's why he's fun.
1: And so, when 4 was coming out, my thought was, alright, as long as he is just that with some new characters around him, this could be okay. It won't be as good as the original 3, but it'll be something entertaining, maybe. And maybe it'll be a fun next chapter. Whatever. And... They tried to make him the protagonist. My problem with 4 is that it begins with a giant mystery about someone else also calling himself Jack Sparrow. No one cares enough about Jack Sparrow's lineage and reputation to care about that. That's not how this works. And that sets the tone for the whole thing where we're supposed to care about him more directly than any of the other characters. And that's why Blackbeard and his daughter, whose name I forget, are not very well written or well realized. Mm-hmm. I still like that movie better and, and than at me.
3: the and at the end it feels <laughs> the problem is that like because he's a hero he has to do heroic uh, things which means that he can't be constantly changing his mind and stuff and then at the end he has to have his like noble sacrifice that you're like uh yeah. that doesn't really fit though No he's not
1: he's not the hero he's the trickster and so it doesn't fit for him to be the hero all of a sudden but even yeah. then I was happy that that movie didn't drag Will and Elizabeth back in by the friggin' ankles, tied up, like, fuck you, you're coming back and you're gonna like it. Th- the fact that this movie does that guarantees to me that I will never see it. Like, I saw four because I liked the first three and I was like, ah, you know, I should see four just out of curiosity. Nothing will ever make me see this movie now. I refuse to see Good. five because of how much I hate that writing decision with every fiber of
3: my being. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll say this about the fifth movie. Mm-hmm. The Will and Elizabeth's... The Will and Elizabeth stuff is barely a part of it. Okay. Um, It's really just the set... And I'm not defending this. Again, you shouldn't see it. Yeah, you still gave it
1: 0.5 out of 5.
3: I ended almost every paragraph in the review with the sentence, Do not see Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No (laughs) Tales. Like, I can't be any more clear. And I encourage you to read that whole review, because if you want to know more specifically what this movie does wrong, I get into the nitty-gritty. But... The thing is, basically, there's one scene with Will at the beginning that sets up that for some reason he's gone, like, fish face, Davy Jones, part of the crew, part of the ship, which, according to the series mythology, should only happen if, A, he was unfaithful to Elizabeth, or B, he stopped ferrying souls to the underworld, neither of which, like, both of which would be huge character, like, shifts for Will Mm. that the movie ought to address or at least have a throwaway line to explain. It does not... Um, but it sets his dumbass son on his dumbass quest to find the dumbass magical doodad ho, ho, ho. that breaks all curses ho, ho, ho. on the sea. Um, and uh, then at the end, now that Will is completely free from the Dutchman and everything, uh, he reunites with Elizabeth. Uh, Kira Knightley doesn't even have any lines. And what? I will say this. There's wow. a moment... Yeah, no, she literally just shows up, and she's wearing a dress with a corset, because that's yeah. what she was known for loving, yeah. is the dress with the corset. That was her whole thing. <sighs> oh, oh. <laughs> I need a minute. <laughs> I told you! They, they I just told you doing the her most... entire character development! And we're doing the most surface level, too, by the way. Like, if you want, we could do, like, a two-hour podcast. Everything, this film You know, got maybe wrong, I should watch
1: this only so you and I can do, like, a five-hour-long no, dissection no. special of everything don't. wrong with Dead Men Tell Tale, No Tales. Oh, my but, God. That um, makes me so mad.
3: So, yeah, so she's wearing a dress with a corset. He's been unfaithful to her or something because yeah. that's Will's character. But it's all at the end. And then they have, like, he runs up the hill, gives her a hug, and they embrace and kiss. And, um... Like, as much as it didn't need to be part of the movie, as much as those characters didn't need to come back, in that moment, Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley outact the entire fucking rest (laughs) of the cast. Except for maybe Captain Salazar. Like, genuinely, that moment has, like, passion and emotion in it, even that they don't say anything, that is like a breath of fresh fucking air. Wow. Especially because then the camera pans over to... Dis- bargain bin will and bargain bin elizabeth who hold hands with like dead eyes facing forwards absolutely no emotional chemistry between them wow. and it's it's like just rubbing salt in the wound that's what i
1: feel like right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm mad now wow <laughs>
3: Holy yeah crow. also jack didn't get the compass from tia dalma now apparently they just retconned that okay hmm. well also, Mr. Gibbs mutinies against Jack. Twice!
1: What? That makes sense zero times, I'll tell you that. Oh, oh okay, we have to stop by. Oh. Uh, also,
3: there's a sea witch, and it's not Tia Dalma. They made up a new sea witch
1: character for well, no that's fucking fine. reason. Well, that's, that's, my, that's the least offensive thing you've just told me.
3: Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I need a and minute. A, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll give you that minute, and when you're done, we'll go to commercial break. Oh, boy. The Hayport Podcast is the official podcast of HayportPlayer.com, your one-stop shop for video game and pop culture news, reviews, and editorials. If you like what you've heard here and don't want to wait till next Wednesday to hear more, that's a place where you can read all of our writing and the full reviews of some of the games and movies we've (laughs) talked about on the show. You can also follow us at HayPort Player on Twitter or Facebook, and you can check out our YouTube channel, which is the home of my Second Opinion series of videos and a whole host of Let's Plays, features, and reviews separate from the site proper. And I'll have uh, something new on that going up soon. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, Anthony, where can people find you on that worldwide web?
0: <laughs> is it at yeah at Virtual Spivey? It's at Virtual. You can find me on my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I forgot that uh, at da, 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 Artificial Anthony at, at Anthony who isn't really existing At this point in time
1: Semi there Spivey yeah,
0: That's how I am whenever I record on this podcast Just semi there Spivey <laughs> Your da, words not da, da, mine Alright Jay where can we find you
1: um, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at extreme Salsing. Uh on YouTube on, on the Hayboard Player YouTube. I'm going to have a video review for Rhyme. Um, I'm also working on a new thing for the YouTube. Knowing Coleman's work, act, work ethic, his will almost undoubtedly be up before mine. But uh, in the coming weeks, there will be something new in that realm from myself and someone else that I'm
3: really excited to show people soon. And that's me. There you go. You can find me at Life Space Marine on Twitter, or you can check out my Star Wars podcast at starworstcast.tumblr.com. That's S-T-A-R-W-O-R-S-T-C-A-S-T.tumblr.com. That's where my friend, uh, fellow writer Joe Sabis and I watch an episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars 2008 every week and then basically talk about why it sucks so bad. <laughs> it's, it's technically like the genre is fan cast, but it's more like a hate cast. Uh, so that's a good time. Uh, we also have the Hey Poor Player forums, which you can find by clicking the link on our main site. And that's something we're really trying to get started as a way to interact with you guys, the Hey Poor Player community. Mm. Unlike reading articles or watching videos of that block off, the forums don't benefit us in a monetary sense, but it's a great way for you to get in touch with us. So if you want to uh, tell me why I'm wrong about Valve, or you want to ask me why... You know, normally I have something prepared for this. You want to ask
0: how many amounts of tears you've shed because you had to watch Pirates 5? <laughs>
3: <laughs> there you go. Uh, want to ask Anthony Spivey why he hates Chicken Run so goddamn
0: much. <laughs> Better than which we were talking about, talk about the four. commercial a break. Scarred a generation
3: which, of
2: did
3: it? <laughs> which we were talking about during the break, and probably won't make it into the show, so you should ask him about it. You can do all of that on the chicken forums. run is a better you can food ask,
0: fight than food fight. I, I disagree, but <laughs> what the fuck? I can fuck? have fun with food okay, fight. I sure. just I can't watch chicken run without hurting. All right, we're, we're not
3: digging into this. Which no, no, we don't have time. Um, but yeah, you can also ask us questions there that will get featured on the podcast, like. Canoness asks. What are your thoughts on movies based on video games? Are there any that are good? No. If you could make a movie based on any video game franchise, what would it be? Uh, I, I don't think there's a single good one. I, not that I've ever seen.
1: Like, like, really, that sounds like hyperbole, but like really, there, I cannot think of one um, that I've ever seen that I've
0: liked. I like the Spirits Within, uh, but I don't think that counts.
1: Oh, I, I think if it's one made by the studio that made the game, like, you know, those Final Fantasy movies are okay. I think people didn't like Kingsglaive that much. I thought Kingsglaive was kind of neat. Um, stuff like that, animated stuff, is generally more fine, but, like, no, I, I don't have an answer for ones that I liked. As for franchises that I would want to see, it would have to be something with a, an interesting world that we could see a movie in taking place in that has nothing to do with the story from the games. That Whatever whatever it is, that is what I would want. That is my I, my requirement. I do
0: have, actually, a couple of legitimate answers, and I don't know if it counts, but oh yeah? the third Pokemon movie is really good. Hey, you know, that, so, that counts. Yeah, Some of the Pokemon movies are really good. Like, the yeah. third and the seventh are actually good movies. Seventh,
1: yep. I was about to say seventh. I'm glad yeah. you, you and I are on board with Deoxys fucking ruling. Yeah.
0: The Deoxys was a great episode. I saw that when I was sick, and yeah. I it won't yeah, get out of my great. brain. But, uh, yeah. no, the third one's actually, like... A legitimately good movie if you read into it, which I, which is really hard to do considering it's a stupid ass Pokemon movie. But it does deal with a lot of like how children deal with depression.
1: Yeah, depression and like the loss of a parent. Like, there's actually like that—that is what the third Pokemon movie is about. Is about someone's manifestations of their depression and their crisis from losing a parent becoming a threat to the world. Yeah. <laughs> that is essentially what that movie is about and that's
0: really cool actually. Yeah, so I've been uh, I I still yeah. watch that like once a year just because it's a it's a legitimately good movie. Otherwise for yeah. like AK real video game movies that aren't based off of a 1000 episode anime uh like I said the spirits within which I like because it's a bad movie, but it's a bad movie in terms of I can laugh at it.
3: Most mm. video game
0: movies I can't; mm-hmm. they're just either bore me to death or I can't find anything good with it. Like the Ratchet and Clank, I was really excited for, and that I was a travesty. I don't remember anything sad. from it. Oh,
3: really? I, I didn't. I would not say it's the best movie I've ever seen, but I thought the Ratchet and Clank movie was good for a laugh. I don't remember it, it was, a single
0: yeah. thing from it, and that's
3: yeah. I, it amused
0: me. I don't know
1: it. it for me, it felt like just a more low-energy version of parts of the game, which, I mean, there, there's crossover there, because that game, the one... Pro- I, I love last year's Ratchet & Clank. Um, I had been going to review it, but during some personal issues in my life, I didn't, but um, it was one of my favorite games of last year, actually. But, like, my one flaw with it is that a lot of the cutscenes are just scenes from the movie, and I think the fact that it pings that little, like, gameplay recording has been stopped because this is from the fucking movie. I, I think that slightly takes me out of it. Um... But, but yeah no that that was that was that was one that just should have been a lot better and just felt like a more low energy version of the game. Wasn't there
0: game, supposed to be sense. a Sly Cooper movie that came out around the same time? Did that ever? Yes, come that was out? the
1: plan. No, because the last game didn't do well and people realized that. I mean, the last game didn't do well because it was not a. Did you even Sly Sly come Cooper out game.
0: like on DVD? Because it was close to being done. Uh, I'm checking. Uh, no, this. I don't think it ever
1: did. That's. In, I don't know. I don't think it did.
0: I want to watch that because if it. Sly Cooper. Let's take a look. I don't at have... That. Nope. To be... It still technically hasn't come out. <laughs> yep. According to the Sly Cooper Wikipedia page.
1: It distresses me that we're seeing sort of a new wave of these, like uh, the Assassin's Creed movie last Christmas. I, I think most of the Assassin's Creed games are subpar, so I was not surprised the movie was. Mm-hmm. But um, the Uncharted... I mean, there's that news. I, I I can't remember if you guys covered it last week, but the news about... um. Tom Holland, who is the new Spider-Man in the the MCU, being cast as Nathan Drake in the Uncharted movie, (sighs) suggesting that it's going to be a young Nathan Drake. I like that, sort of. And the reason I like that is because you know, I I know I just said, have it be set in a game world with different characters. If you're gonna have it be the same characters, at least do sort of a young Indiana Jones thing, where it's just a different, unrelated adventure in that character's younger life. I think that can work. I also know that the people from Naughty Dog are not really at all involved in that movie, so I don't think it'll be great in the ways that fans of the Uncharted games want it to be great, but it gives me more hope than something like the Assassin's Creed movies, or like, uh, whatever else you want to mm-hmm. name or the Last of Us movie if that ever happens which I don't think it should ever need to I I think if there's any studio less not deserving or not needing of movies of their games it's Naughty Dog because their games are movies and games already and that's why they're so good mm-hmm. I, th- I think if you try to pull yeah. like the reason Naughty Dog is so successful with their modern way of making games is that it's a beautiful blend of gameplay and cinematography and when you pull one of those out, it just makes the whole package just a little less interesting and engaging. I think. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, so for me, possibly a controversial opinion, I did, I didn't love the Wretch and Clank movie. I thought it was yeah, fun, fine, though. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, uh, possibly controversial opinion, I think the first two Resident Evil movies are actually quite good. You know, I've
1: heard that from other people. Actually, people liking the first one and maybe even the second one. Yeah, I, I have not watched those. I think,
3: I think the. I think the uh, biggest problem with them is that, like, I feel like it's one of those things where I saw those before I, like, played any of the Resident Evil games. And I still haven't really... Like, I'm not a big Resident Evil person. And I don't know why, because it seems like it's right up my alley. I just have never really played them. So, um, as I understand, like, if you're a big fan... Um, There's things in the movies that will piss you (laughs) off. But I think that's actually why they work. Um, In video game movies in general, and really with film adaptations of just about anything, I think they work better when they just completely almost ignore the source material. Because probably if the source material was good, it was good because of the medium it was in. Like, movies based on books are almost always worse because in the book... It, because those stories are meant to be written in books. You're meant to be able to do what you can do in books, which is like see into the minds of the characters and yeah. get all of the yeah. detail from it. It's why, just to use one of many examples, I don't think the Harry Potter movies are particularly good no. because those series are, uh, that series rather, of books is full of all of these details. That's one of the best things about it is how by the end, all of these minor details have like. That shit, like the uh, the vanishing cabinet, Mm -hmm. turns out to be important later, and you they have to cut that out of. They either have to cut it out of the movies, or they have to make movies that are so long that they They, they make the
1: characters a lot less interesting. In that case, too, yeah, that's that's a very good example. Mm
3: -hmm. Um, and, And I think, and yeah, and I think that the same is true of video games because I think that. Probably one of the worst things about the Warcraft movie, which uh, my beautiful girlfriend, who I love with all my whole heart, has forced me to see twice and will probably force me to see more just because she's such a fan of Warcraft. Um, I think its biggest problem is that it sticks too much to the source material. Uh, It's apparently pretty lore accurate, but as someone who's who's not big into Warcraft lore... Um, It just means that the movie has more than 20 characters, all with (laughs) fantasy dishwasher detergent names (laughs) that you are expected to remember and keep straight. And it's like three hours long, and it's just a brutal slog of a film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas if they just like... I think the story, the core story is good enough that if they trimmed it down to a movie number of characters and a movie length, if if they trimmed it down to like four characters, I think... It could have made a good film, but they felt like they had to be accurate to the source material, even though the source material was not meant for a movie. It was meant for a 200,000-hour game. Um, And that's why I like the first two Resident Evil movies. They may not have much to do with Resident Evil, but they just focus on being uh, fun, scary action horror movies, kind of like Aliens, but for once, not just trying to rip off Aliens, (laughs) but similar in tone. Um, and so I actually enjoyed those a lot. Um, the later ones, it, like Pirates of the Caribbean, it's a series that has kind of overstayed its But That, that just ended them. finally, First didn't
1: it? With the, with the newest ones well, coming out?
3: Well, we're actually, there's actually a story about that in the news oh, this cool. week, so I'll cool, save cool. it. Which <laughs> oh, Good boy. and great. Um, so it's kind of appropriate that this question yeah, came up. Yeah, very much so. Um, I'll, I'll, the other thing I'll say is that I really like bad movies. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of movies that are so bad they make you laugh and as a result I love some of the video game movies people hate Mortal Kombat Annihilation (laughs) is a masterpiece of a very specific kind of shittiness it is because that is a shitty movie but it is fucking amazing (laughs) Uh, I saw it recently for the first time and it made me laugh so hard I felt like I'd broken a rib or something like just character this character comes out doing the worst darth vader impression you've ever seen in what is clearly a cardboard helmet shittily spray painted yellow and claiming to be a robot and then they figure out that the robot belongs to this other character because the robot had a tattoo on it it's fucking incredible.
1: you know what movie i feel that way about that you'll probably hate me for is actually the doom
3: movie (laughs) like that you know what? No, I actually I can get some laughs out yeah. of the new movie. It for me is also personally. Painful. Oh
1: no, I completely respect that. That that will be me if that Uncharted movie gets made. Probably, like I completely understand that. But like. It has that legendary first-person sequence. It has the line, if she was so strong, why is she so dead? It has all these little It has. Things.
3: My favorite, My fi- okay, my actual favorite part of the Doom mm. movie is that first-person sequence it's is wonderful. great, and I will hear nothing wrong say yeah, against yeah. it. It feels really out of place in the yeah, film. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because it's the most, which, it's because that is the most Doom-like moment in the yeah, film, it, yeah. and it feels out of place in the Doom it's movie. It's a mile away from the rest of it. But... But, um, one of my favorite parts is, uh, the, uh, oh, the sister of the Doom guy, whose name I forget, because who gives a shit, um, their last name is something like reaper or whatever so miss reaper um is claiming the whole time like i didn't know anything about the chromosome experiments uh because they're not monsters from hell in the doom movie there is a 26th chromosome that is added that they discover that you can add to humans that decides whether you are good or evil and if you're good it gives you super strength and if you're evil it turns you into a monster (laughs) It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. It it gave me AIDS. <laughs> oh yeah, it. oh um,
1: like a lot like a but, weird <laughs> amount of AIDS, too. Like just just enough AIDS for two people. I'm sorry, I'll stop it, that joke uh, there.
3: But it um uh but like so she doesn't know anything about it, is this scientist lady. And then they're watching this uh and then they watch this video where these experiments are happening, and she realizes, and they all, all the characters realize what's going on, and then she looks over a foot to her right where there are test tubes full of chromosome 24. Huh. Or 26, whatever the chromosome yeah. is. I forget how many chromosomes humans actually have. I think it's 24. But she looks over. Yeah. But I can never get over the fact that they would have been able to crack this mystery two hours ago if she had just looked slightly <laughs> to the right. If she oh. had just turned her head a tiny bit. It's all of the chromosomes. There's this whole thing about like how they've deleted all of the files or whatever, and that's why she has to dig up that video. And You don't need it. It's all sitting there on the computer desk oh. the whole time. That is a shitty film. Um, but actually, so the second part of the question, movie based on any video game franchise, uh, which I don't think Spidey no, I answered. I um, Talked about, you know. I must have missed it. Maybe the, the call must have dropped. Um, I actually think, I would actually like to see a Doom movie done right. Yeah, I would see that. Um, big fucking surprise. But here's, I've thought about this for a while, and what I would love to see is a Doom movie that's like the Doom comic. <clears throat> okay which if nobody has read it, uh, there's a little independent comic uh, for Doom that's published. You can find the whole thing for free online. That is absolutely ridiculous because the only character in it other than the monsters is the Doom guy, and he's talking to himself constantly. And he gives these absolutely ridiculous monologues. Like, there's one point where he falls into the radioactive sludge from the game, and then he climbs out and goes, "Ah, why is it even here? What, c- or... I actually have it pulled up. Why can't we find a way to safely dispose of radioactive waste and protect the environment? Even if I personally stop this alien invasion, what kind of planet will we leave to our children and our children's children? And, oh, the humanity! (laughs) And then in the next panel, he goes... uh, He gets distracted because there's a plasma gun. (laughs) And he goes and gets it. And it's great because, first of all, it's hilarious, but it's also like if, if you really were one guy trapped in this base alone fighting hellbees for eternity, you would lose your fucking mind. You wouldn't be stoic Carl Urban, you know, badass space marine. You would be a complete nutcase yeah. who's just obsessed with finding bigger and better guns and is addicted to Berserk Packs. And I have always... It's somewhat contentious in the Doom community, but I have always loved that interpretation of the character. And I would love to see a movie with minimal characters focusing on just like being as action packed and ridiculous as possible with that just like rambling Doom guy. I think would be hilarious and great. And exactly the sort of cheesy action movie I love.
1: I like I like Uh, that.
3: Uh, Canon S has also given uh, Hollywood, call me, I'll give you a spec Do script. It. Um, uh, Canon S also says, uh, food question, because Canon S is always sending us food questions, it's a thing. Favorite snack food, mm. to which I would say Chex Mix. Mm.
1: I, I'm a big chips and salsa person, like, it, that's, honestly, that's the reason my handle in so many places is Extreme salsing is like... I just went through a huge phase of really, really loving, like, trying different kinds of salsa and stuff, and I I make my own salsa sometimes, and I really like doing that. Chips and salsa, chips and guacamole, any kind of dip, really. Anything I can dip a thing in and eat. Um, If I'm feeling, like, real trash, though, I have a giant soft spot for those uh, spicy Doritos, the purple bag ones. (laughs) I I, I am not normally a chip, just, like, trash chip person, but I'll make an exception for those gladly.
3: There you go.
0: Spivey, are you still here? Spivey. Spivey, there you go. y'all hear me? Spivey.
1: Oh. oh, now we can. Okay, I oh, oh, always snacks. Bun.
0: Mute bun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Favorite I have, snack like, food. I go through phases on my snack foods. Like, mm. right now, my big snack food that I take phases is chocolate Twinkies. Nice. N- not oh, chocolate nice. covered Twinkies. Chocolate Twinkies, There, there's a difference. The covered one is <laughs> really nasty. Um. Either that, or I go through a lot of the, those cheese popcorn, um, those white cheddar cheese popcorn bags.
1: Oh, yeah, the smart food, right? Yeah. I like those as well. I yeah. eat a
0: shit ton of that, or a, what's I'll called apple chips, which are these little <laughs> cylinder little chip things that taste just like dried apples. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> eat those a lot, but I can't find them a lot now where I am, so I just go for oh, phases yeah. where it's usually <clears throat> one of those three things. And I just go through I them.
3: have... Yeah. I have like a dangerous addiction to Chex Mix. Like for me, the serving size on a container of Chex Mix is however big this container That's is. That's me and the
0: smart food uh, popcorn thing, which is why I can't yeah, get yeah, the big yeah. boxes bags anymore because I can just feel that just inside of me. All at once. <laughs> I
3: I'll, Of course I'm sure of course I'm sure that uh eventually, like all podcasts, we'll be sponsored by Nature Box. Oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: NatureBox Like literally
0: um, every podcast. Blue
1: Crate, MeUndies will be in there. All right. Maybe mm-hmm. even extreme Restraints. I could probably Sign for
0: Crunchyroll. I could probably recite and...
1: <laughs> that.
3: That's the most reasonable can, one of them all. I listen to so many podcasts. I can probably recite the ad copy you, for some. Well, of these no, yeah, which you know, I guess is what they want. Thanks, the Maximum Fun but Network. I don't have any money. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but thank you, Ken and S. Uh I always appreciate. I think we all always appreciate the food yes. questions. I know we've been going a little long, but I want to get to one more because we had to leave this question by the wayside last week. Uh, Jared Paola on Facebook: New Wonder Woman movie first impressions. Will you see it? Will you listen to the reviews? How do you avoid overhyping yourself before a big release you're looking for? <laughs> well, forward? according um, to
0: the right wing face or Twitter feeds, I'm not allowed to see it because I'm a white male. <laughs> So And because obviously the, the one Alamo theater dra- <coughs> who's having one showing of female only things yes. must mean that I can't see the movie at all. Yep, that does mean yes. that. that's what that because means.
3: Because the Alamo Draft House is having two woman only showings in one state. Yeah. yeah I,
1: think. I So the like the actual thing is honestly I, I, I have not even a huge D C fan. I will stand by that none of the DCU stuff has been good so far. Um Wonder Woman looks dope. Like, I don't expect it to be very good. I'm not a huge Wonder Woman fan anyway. I think it's gonna be fun. It looks like they are having more fun with the idea of what this story can be and what this movie can be about than they did with any of the other ones that they've done so far. And so because of that, like, I, I can't guarantee I'll pay for a ticket, but, like, if I'm in a position where I wind up watching it, I am interested to see it. I, I... I do not have an existential dread at the thought of watching this movie like I did for Batman vs Superman and for Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Um, the director, like, like yeah. I don't know. There is more going for this movie, and early screenings have been mostly positive. They've been there's been a lot of like early positive buzz about it.
0: Yeah, I've heard it's not the worst one, which is all that I yeah. really care about. Yeah, I yeah.
3: so for me, yeah, the the I saw the uh, trailer before yeah. something else. I think Guardians. Yeah, yeah it was Guardians. Um, and the trailer looks really good. However, I also thought the trailers for Suicide Squad looked really good, and we know how that turned out. So I am going to wait for the yeah. reviews. I, it looks good. I obviously hope it's good. As I say, I always hope for things to be yeah. good. So if the reviews are 80% or higher... Yeah, I'll probably go see it. Not opening no. weekend, but I'll you know I'll wander down yeah. and wander down. Do you know to like wonder it, Town? that wonder. I'd love for it to be. You good know what gets and- me most excited yeah. for it?
1: The fact that it's not taking place in the present. The fact that it's during World War One. Yeah. we need more period superhero movies. I really feel this way. Like mm-hmm. I, one of the, I don't. I don't love the first Captain America. I think it's good, but I like that it is. It is you know when it takes place. It's it's during the whole Nazi propaganda era. It it, it, it is about what Captain America is about, right? And. I really like that. I I think the more we have of those, the better. I kind of want to see more of that. I would love to see Marvel do some of that. Like, make an Ant... I know, know, like, you don't love Ant-Man. Make an Ant-Man prequel about the first Ant-Man, which we learn a little bit about in that one. That's taking place Okay, I would be
3: interested in that because that was one of my biggest problems with the Ant-Man movie, is that they got a great actor whose name I've spaced... Who's the guy who plays the first Ant-Man? I I also forget, honestly. Michael... Michael...
1: Michael Fasnander. (laughs) That would be kind
3: of I mean... Uh, Now I have to look it up because I can't... Michael Michael Douglas. Douglas. Thank you. That's right. Yeah. You have Michael fucking Douglas, who is a great actor, and then instead it's Paul Rudd. No, I want to see Michael Douglas as Ant-Man. I would actually be down for that. But yeah, that was one of my favorite things about Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Hmm. Them, which, as someone who's not a huge Harry Potter fan, I'm kind of lukewarm on it. I really, really liked... It was partially because, hey, Wizards in the 1920s, yeah, no. that's a
0: really cool Absolutely. idea. Yeah, great example of that. You're one of the only persons I've ever heard that liked that movie, but...
1: I uh, had a decent number of people who liked it. I, I was also kind of, like, positive
3: neutral on it. But I thought it was... Bethany no. and I Bethany and I had a good old discussion about why we liked it on this year. Uh, podcast. Oh, yeah, you did, so. did there, there you go. Did. Yeah. Um... Uh, as for how do you avoid overhyping yourself before a big release you're looking forward to... <laughs> I
0: don't, and I suffer every time.
3: I don't get me hyped. either. Yeah. I mean, that's just me as a person. Um, and I used to think this made me better than other people because I was a shithead. Yep. And then there was a period where I was worried about it because like, I wouldn't get ex- as excited about things as other people mm-hmm. do, but like... I mean, if you've listened to this podcast or you've seen pretty much any video I've ever made, I am an extremely critical person. Yeah. Uh, I tend to be kind of pessimistic, which is just how I am as a human It's not being. a negative trait to and have. So, it's
1: just it's part of the critical mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And so I don't generally get hype for things. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very much yeah. the
1: same as you in that regard. Like I did a lot when I was a little kid, and honestly, the reason I stopped was book movies. Movies based on books killed them. <laughs> it was. I've ranted about the Golden Compass movie on here before. The, um, that trilogy of books are some of my yeah. favorite works of fiction ever written. Um, just in terms of where they came in, in my life, blah, blah, blah. You've heard me do this before. Um, that movie I really think was the nail in the coffin for me when it came to not ever, ever, ever getting my hopes up too high for anything, which is a sad thing to say. But adaptations Mm -hmm. will teach you to do that. Harry Potter, you mentioned earlier. Same thing, especially because as those movies went on, those movies fell very hardly victim to... Like YA movie tropes, like as Twilight got big, there were tropes of Twilight movies that sort of, in in the way they were directed and the way certain tones were manipulated, came up in later Harry Potter movies, and that fucking sucked. Um, and not, it didn't kill it, I don't think, but it was there. You can see places where this happened. Um, Hunger Games was kind of like that as well. I, I I don't love the Hunger Games books as I did then, but I think the first one's an excellent novel, and I think the first movie is like just almost unwatchable in some
3: ways. <laughs> um, I don't know anyone who went d- to see any movie I other did. than the first. I got dragged. I went to I see the all first. Three. I saw all four. Yeah, I got... I, I like...
1: Yeah, okay. yeah, I like the middle two. I like Catching Fire movie and I like the first part of Mockingjay. I, I fucking hated Mocking Mockingjay.
0: So watching that movie oh, was kind of a catharsis for me because I was like, well, at those, least it's yeah. worse than the book.
1: No, yeah, those, those books take a steady downhill the entire time, I believe, after the first one. I would agree. Um, yeah. Ma, ma, well, and, and the reason for that is not entirely the author's fault. She was extremely pressured by her publisher to get them out in a rush, um, which that's a whole other thing. But that's, I, I was at one point invested enough in Hunger Games that I was reading a lot about like the author and her habits and life as a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I think book adaptations were a huge part of that for me. And like, just other, anything licensed, you know, like any licensed adaptation of something I knew, I knew to sort of weather my
3: expectations on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I think the biggest, like, indication of me not getting hyped for things is that I went to see the latest entry in one of two film series that I have, like, actual fanboyish loyalty towards, and was just expecting it to be okay. Well, and, yeah. Although in that case, you know, the fact that my hopes were still dashed, but... (laughs) It means something. Nonetheless. Like, that's, I mean, that's it. Like... Last, the movie I'm probably most hyped for this year is Last Jedi, and even then, like, I'm not... Like, if it's horrible, I'm not gonna be... I mean, I'll be disappointed, mm. obviously, but... I, mean, I don't know. I just don't get... I just don't have that mentality. I wish I
1: didn't said, have though. that
0: mentality at times. Right. Because I get, well, I wish
1: I did sometimes. So it's it's grass is always greener and all that. I'm, a,
0: I'm very much like that type of masochistic where I get hyped for a lot of things. and get really excited mm. and then have it Either goes go really downhill or make it a lot better. Like I was like yeah, one of I, two mm-hmm. people who was excited for the Ender's Game movie, and that was
1: oh, you poor uh, man. I Ooh, think it's a oh, decent it's...
0: movie for what it tried to be, but for Whoa. anything who liked it or liked the book, it was just awful. Yeah. And then I get that I, way where I, I, think... I get Persona Five yeah. levels where I've been high for that game for years, and that game's my favorite game of the year so far this year.
3: Uh, let's. Uh, Man, it really is the tangent podcast this yes, week. But let's go ahead and steer this leaking boat towards the news. All right, get your sword that controls ropes, and let's uh, let's do this thing. Our top story this week is an exciting new entry into Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom battle which is that it has finally been confirmed to the point that other news outlets are reporting on it, but we were here first. Not really. Laura Kate was here first. But we are like, the only
0: ones who have we talked about it for more in than the one beginning.
3: episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have? Like, like, everyone else no. is like... Everyone... Yeah, everyone else this week, like, I, so many other websites and podcasts and things I follow are like, what? Mario plus rabbits? What a bad idea. We're like... And I was just looking at, like, yeah, get on the Hayport <laughs> podcast. Fucking Get on money. our level father. um but yeah, so uh, a new image came out that will probably be the title image of this podcast. If not, no, it will it definitely needs to be, be on that, the post. but it
0: needs to have our faces on peach on that rabbits peach. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: that freaking selfie. Peach. Uh, yeah, so let's yeah, so let's just talk about um, do you guys have the image I've, readily I've, available? I have it you burned know, into I my can
1: brain. load it up real quick. Yeah, I do as well. If, but I, will, I will
3: gladly. If not, I can.
1: I can send please it. Please do, to you. just so I have it right at the ready, so I can pinpoint the exact moment that the last fragment of a heart that I have finally crumbles and gives way. Do do do
3: do.
2: do
3: <laughs> <sighs> gonna be a lot of dead air in this edit. That's Here fine. we go.
1: Dead air, just like the dead air yeah, in it's my heart, you. You knowing that this do is anything. real.
3: Alright, oh. so this is the image that has been released oh. and uh, Mario Plus rabbits has been officially confirmed. Um, let's just sort of talk about what <laughs> what we're seeing here, maybe just from left to right. Uh, we can start with Yoshi with a giant fucking gun. Yeah. Which, <laughs> if you cannon.
0: don't enjoy Yoshi with a gun, you get the fuck off my podcast.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, I, I like that part. I, I'm fine with that part. That is not what I have Yoshi to
3: with. with a dirty hairy glare carrying a giant gun. <laughs> Um, as behind him, uh, Luigi is doing a kickflip, holding what looks like a Luger with a plunger I, yeah, at the I end. Think and that's he looks like is. he's
0: killed before, and he's ready to do it again. <laughs> this is just a job for him. He
3: really does.
1: Um, this is the professional.
3: <laughs> the third figure in the The, in one, the one that has already become famous
1: <laughs> for the worst reasons. <laughs>
3: Jay, would you like to describe uh, what we're looking at <laughs> so, here? so
1: so so uh, imagine if you will imagine if you will a world in which in which the princess peach has uh become a rabbit a a a a God damn it! I can't fucking do this. <laughs> in which she has become Look into a rabbit. Its Look eyes. into its
3: squinty eyes. Tell me what
1: you uh, see. You see the reflection of a pink cell phone as she takes what I can imagine must only be a Snapchat of herself holding a lovely purple and pink arm cannon at her side. Uh, is she truly peach? Is she truly a rabbit? The mystery will only be answered in Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle coming soon for the Switch. Thank you.
0: But uh, oh.
3: it is very much. This rabbit is giving me the look that is like the uh, very much. I'm getting a. This is the last thing I see before I. I, die I was by. thinking it's very much a make peace with your so-called god was, facial expression. I, I was. Oh no, that's. I
1: want to make that joke. This has my name on it. Uh, never mind. Um, no, I I, I. I would describe the look more as a come impregnate me with my fourth
0: child look. <laughs> 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 I have lost custody of two of my kids, but let's I'm try it for I a third. I'm glad decide to say that after the <laughs> charm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I wasn't sure
1: about that.
3: This is a rabbit who has hit rock. This is a rabbit <laughs> who
0: decided that hey, uh, that trailer that I inherited is a good place to raise all ten of my children.
3: This uh, <laughs> is this is a rabbit who will kill you for best. <laughs>
0: Uh <laughs> this is a rabbit who's a big fan of the that fucking uh, what you got girl. Fucking god, I can't believe I fucked up that joke. Catch oh me god, outside? yes. Catch that, me I, outside. I don't know what you're
1: talking. Okay. Yeah, kind of. That that's her oh, in 20 yeah. years living in a trailer with her five kids and 15 <laughs> cats. Which will she tell you more about? Who knows, depends on the day. She looks
0: like someone who doesn't believe in vaccines.
1: No,
3: yeah, or or oh. Just, the more I look at it, the worse I, it gets. Like that pose. She's he. It they. It's the rabbit. It's sticking its ass yep. out in a way that, like, it looks like like broken spine. I, like Rob Liefeld I, anatomy. I just. Oh. <laughs> this I, is a this is a grisly sight. I to like be Mario sure. with
1: an arm cannon. That's fine by itself.
3: Then, then there's Mario with an arm cannon uh, looking way too happy considering he's clearly oh, in some kind he, of nightmare. He, that is the
1: face of someone who just made their first kill and the power they now feel like they've never felt before <laughs> is really starting to impress on them and they have realized that they've never wanted anything else in their life as much as they want to fucking kill. That is the face that Mario, <laughs> Nintendo's Mario <laughs> of the Super Mario Brothers line of products is making in this picture for Mario Plus Rabbid's Kingdom Battle. Have you ever seen I really uh,
0: think Dahl? and like, I know it's impossible. Like if we but... caught Dahmer's like first kill. I'm pretty sure that's the exact same thing. <laughs> <case. laughs>
3: it's like uh if anyone's seen the film A Fantastic Fear of Everything and they talk about the killer's stare, like he's got yeah. it. Yoshi yeah. too, TBH. Oh, yeah, yeah, um but yeah, uh uh you know, I know it's impossible, but I just feel deep in my soul that this is a version of Mario that needed to be voiced by Captain Lou Albano. Yeah, that will agree Hey,
1: you remember? Uh, you remember <laughs> our bit from a few episodes ago? Swing your arms from side to side. Don't let them see the gun <laughs> in your pocket. That gun is not in his pocket anymore. It is the arm cannon. <laughs> Guys, I think I foreshadowed Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom
3: battle, and I
1: didn't even know it. Yes. I don't want to be alive uh, anymore. So next
3: week. So next we have, uh, in the background, um, this, is, this is horrifying. It's a rabbit badly dressed as Yoshi, yeah, with the nose positioned in such a way that it just looks... The nose that Yoshi has. It looks like he killed uh, Yoshi in his positioned wearing. Positioned in such a way... It looks, it looks like it just has like a bowling ball on yeah, its head or yeah. something. Like a giant cancerous growth, which was the original title of this game, <laughs> I imagine. Um, but basically, it's just a rabid wearing its usual deranged, horrible expression um, in a fursuit with a giant testicle on its head, holding BB-8 and apparently coming.
1: <laughs> oh, I didn't want to know that that's what that looked like, but you're right. That's what that looks like. I hate that you're right. I don't like that you're right one bit. No, really don't. Mm-hmm. But you are. Why do you have to be right? Down
3: on the gr- down on the yeah. ground is the Luigi Rabbit, who's the most okay. Yeah, he's, he's fine. He's wearing a green shirt. Yeah, he's wearing a kind of comedically throwing
1: a large shirt. It's kind of cute. Or
3: yeah. Uh, then there's Peach, who is the only one here bearing the appropriate expression of, of weird
1: amusement and horror. Yeah.
3: Of just like holding a gun, and she clearly doesn't know what she's doing with it. Um... And is uh, looks like she's being blown back a little bit by the knockback, but I think the ho- it. I think she too has just killed for the first time, but unlike Mario, uh, who is at, at least half masked as a result, <laughs> she is just the full horror of having taken a life is is evident. Yeah, she on doesn't her face. like. This. She's just.
1: Oh no, yeah, this is not okay by her. No,
3: she did not realize that this was a part of her. <laughs> um. And then, uh, above her in the sky is just a pedophile. Yep,
1: yep, yeah, yep, yeah. that is just a pedophile. <laughs> you're not wrong. I, there's nothing I want more than be able to tell you in good conscience that
3: you're wrong, but you're not, so I can't. This sucks. <laughs> uh, yep. So, uh, that's uh, Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. I wish it wasn't.
0: Is... So are we all in agreement that is, we're all just going to go ahead and just do a collaborative review on this as a podcast?
1: I want us to do some Let's Play content yeah. of this for the site. I legitimately do.
0: Like, uh, uh,
3: Yeah. Oh, I think we have to at this point. I think we also uh, neglected to mention that the Peach Rabbids uh, cell phone has rabbit oh ears. Oh, my
0: God, it does. Mm. I did not notice that. Oh, no. Witness. No, I'd rather not. I'd rather just turn this <laughs> podcast uh, off. Yeah, and so that's think about it again.
3: <laughs> you know, that's a good that's idea. Obvious. <laughs> uh, a couple other stories this week, as uh, 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 as Jay mentioned, um, there's been a lot of video game movie yeah. news and video game Netflix yeah. news. Uh, some of which we did talk about last week, but the uh, Resident Evil movie ranch, uh, ranch- <laughs> franchise. Franchise. Oh, holy shit! <laughs> they
1: covered the franchise. Let in the me ranch. start over.
3: So there were what was it, six Resident Evil films, I believe. Um, Yes, there there have been six Resident Evil films. Uh, Last year, one came out that was called Resident Evil The Final Chapter. It's the only one I personally haven't seen yet. Um, So I don't know how it is. Probably not great. Uh, But it was released. It tied up the story. It was over and made a bunch of money at the box office like all of these do. Um, And... I, yeah. yeah, And so it's done. Mia Jovovich, who I think is a fine actress, yeah. finally gets other roles. Resident Evil is over. Our national nightmare has ended. <laughs> Except not really. Yeah. Because Constantine Film, the studio behind the movies, has announced that it is going to reboot the series and that it is planning to do six Whoa. more films. And just like the
0: last movie that they want to reboot films, it it it's probably going to fail. Like... Like the Power Rangers is yeah. probably going to fail, but unlike Power Rangers, I'm uh, sad. I'm not sad about this.
1: Yeah, that did make me sad, actually. Yeah. No,
0: no word
3: on whether the same people are going to be involved in it, but I think it's I think it's worth noting that this is where reboot uh, culture is at right now. There's a comedy podcast I listen to occasionally. I used to listen to it a lot more called Fish Shark Marketing. And it's kind of a parody of... It's this uh, fictitious marketing firm um, run by Jim Sterling and Comrade mm-hmm. Zimmerman and uh, one other guest who dies every 50 episodes and is replaced by a new third executive. Oh. And it's kind of a parody of marketing. It's kind of a parody of where the modern like entertainment industry is at. Um, and they had a hilarious bit around the time Fury Road came out where they were uh, doing a reboot of Fury Road the next year. Oh no. Uh, And it was a hilarious (laughs) segment. But that's literally where we're at now. Reboot culture has gotten to the point that we are literally, the franchise has just ended and they're planning to do it again. I I yeah. Which
1: I, I don't have a lot of words for it, to be honest. It's
3: literally farcical. I satire. Yeah. twenty seventeen is the year that satire is dead. I
1: mean, I I feel with confidence that it'll fail, but I also by that same token don't know why people have been seeing the Resident Evil movies continuously if as many have as have been bad have indeed been bad. So I guess what I'm trying they to say is I got nothing.
3: They do very, very well. Financially, yeah. I don't know who exactly is going to see them. Although I do know that they're yeah. much bigger overseas than they are here. Like so that many makes things. sense, yeah. But they're, but no, they do very, very well. I wouldn't be surprised if this works. It's just like kind of horrific. No, yeah, it's
1: very horrific.
3: And I say this as someone who, as I said, is a fan of the Resident Evil movies in general. I like the first two, and even the rest, I think, are not necessarily as horrible as people say. They're not. They're not good, but they're like... Eh. I've seen them.
1: <laughs> you sure did watch them, and you sure did live to tell about it.
3: But... It's just... I don't know. No word on whether the same people are going to be involved in I would imagine. It, cause, no, I um, hope. Basically, the Resident Evil movies are Paul W.S. Anderson, who wrote all six of the movies and directed four mm. of them. Um, it's basically just him and Mia Jovich, who is his wife, <laughs> like making movies about why Mia Jovovich is so great. <laughs> uh, no wor- so no word on whether those two are going to be involved still. I kind of hope yeah. not, because again, I think Mia Jovovich is a great actress, and I want to see her do other things Yeah, I
1: know. Also, what's the, what the hell is the point of this reboot happening if it's going to be everyone the same, I feel like?
3: They're just literally going to do it again. All it's right. going to be shot for shot.
0: Jesus. For if, oh, okay. Jesus. if that happens, <laughs> I would be okay with it. If I would that, not. I, 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 <laughs> would, I would see that day one if that's what had actually happened. I would be
1: okay with that in the sense of, oh, guess what I get to laugh about forever
0: now. Yeah, exactly. That's why I would see it. Not if it's all yeah. six of them, but still. <laughs> yeah.
1: Goodness.
3: Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. But I thought it was something that it's worth being aware of. This is of. Spider-Man's fault. Uh, ent- I love
1: Spider-Man, but this is Spider-Man's fault, really. It really is. All star with Spider Man. I'll start yeah. with
0: We'll all with uh, you know, like, it's nice
3: trailer. that it's nice that we're finally gonna get another good one. Probably, I but, hope so. I mean, definitely, because I watched that trailer and I've seen the whole fucking that, movie. Already. That is uh,
1: honestly, I I have not seen Guardians of the Galaxy two in theaters, and I don't want to because I do not want that trailer in my eyes because of how much I care about Spider Man stuff and want to have that movie be a surprise.
0: Yeah, that uh, is why I've not seen
1: Guardians two yet. <laughs> I saw two as fun as as dumb as might, that is. Movie
0: theater fucked up, and I saw two of the same trailer. Oh man! So, so you've seen, seen the, the movie yeah. twice. A couple times, yes. uh,
3: yeah, but no, you're right. This is Spider-Man. Yeah, well. it really is. Uh, one last thing to talk about this week, unless either of you guys have something you're dying mm-hmm. to get to, which um, since we talked about the war gaming world of tanks. World of Tanks things. Last week, uh, there's been a new development in that story that I wanted to cover. So the skinny of it is, <coughs> Wargaming is a company that made World of Tanks. Uh, a YouTuber named Sir SirFalk um, didn't didn't like it, had some problems with it, complained about it, and they threatened to issue a copyright takedown against him. Uh, they also were going to revoke his partnership which I could kind of see because he was like being very crude and kind of a well, you're shitty person. Fuck the but they were, uh.
0: Reviewing for. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You're not going to get to keep a partnership after you literally say fuck Wargaming. Yeah. But, uh, we were concerned here on the hey Poor podcast about the fact that they threatened to use a copyright strike against mm-hmm. him only if he made a negative video. Because, like, we know that companies do that, but. A, it's still shitty, and B, usually they're less blatant about it. So they issued a statement. You can look this up on a May 23rd uh, statement on Sir Falk incident. And um, they issued what I think is actually a pretty good apology. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's a pretty thorough apology explaining, saying we fucked up and saying why they fucked up. And in big bold, sort of the thrust of it is, our official position is that Wargaming will not take copyright action against opinions based on our publicly released content. Okay, good. So, yeah, so that's good. Um, I mean, it's still, like, obviously bad what they did in the first place, but it is good that um, they've sort of realized the error of their ways. It's nice that they actually apologized That's something I've talked about in the past, how nobody seems willing to apologize when they do things shitty on the internet anymore. Um, I think that's very big of the... Definitely.
1: There's a standard somewhere along the line, at least. Not as far as we'd like, not where Mm -hmm. we'd like it on the line,
3: but it exists
1: somewhere one can find it.
3: And my biggest hope is just that other companies will see... The shitstorm that came up around this and the fact that Wargaming was forced to apologize and will stop doing mm. this. Because again, Wargaming is not the only company to abuse copyright strikes or even to use copyright strikes to silence negative opinions. We've seen that specific thing happening. Um, I can think of earlier this year, uh, there was that ukulele ripoff whose name I forget. Spivey, do you remember what Duke this Bailey.
1: was? I don't, I don't know, know this ever. at all. I, I don't
3: remember no, what I am. the name was. Um, it was. Uh, hang on. I can't recall. I'm going to find it. There's a pretty
1: funny Uncharted one like that, actually, with a name that's also escaping me. Uh, We've talked about that on here before, actually, a long time ago. But, uh, yeah. I'll give you the moment to look that up. Uh, yeah.
3: Thank you. Uh, and, of course, my internet's being slow. Whatever. There was. Um, <clears throat> But there was a game that came out earlier this year that was actually made by a fairly well-known Spanish YouTuber. I, I know what you're talking about. And he issued, yeah, he issued uh, copyright takedowns, but only against smaller channels that were criticizing the game. Um, when larger channels sort of picked up the story for fun—that's what it was called. F U R. Oh like my God! It, I remember this. Fun.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. When bigger channels. Uh, I, Jim Sterling, I think Total Biscuit, uh, when bigger channels started uh, covering it, um, he didn't take them down because he knew there'd be a shitstorm. He was specifically just targeting smaller channels and only ones that were negative. Um, and I'm hoping, as I always hope, whenever this sort of shitstorm goes down, that companies will learn to stop doing this. Just look, YouTube is a part of the games industry now; it's a huge part of it. Don't try to control it. Just let it let it fucking be, and people will like you more for it.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, absolutely. It's, in theory, it should be so obvious. that That's really what it comes down to. Right, uh, right.
3: Um, but yeah, so probably don't have a lot to say about that. Just wanted to follow
1: Yeah, no, up. it's good to follow that up. Um, these are the kinds of, mm-hmm. like, as more, I don't know, it, it, there's, I'm sorry, I had a thought, and then I honestly just lost it. I, it's, been a long day. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead.
3: That sounds yeah. about right. Why don't we run down up. for that? Uh, oh, shit. I forgot to do the shout out again. I am the worst. Uh, you know what? This week, I'm going to give a shout out to our editor in chief, Francis DiPersio, um, for being so supportive of the show. Uh, even when we do things like put an article on the front page of the website that says The Cuckularity. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even bat an eye <laughs> or at or that. Like he doesn't that. mind at all. Nope. He's been supportive of the show. He's been supportive of Second mm-hmm. Opinion. Um, he really does value the importance of having uh, different opinions oh, yeah. oh, on the yeah. site and of being like honest and true to ourselves more than he cares about uh, just like publisher deals and making money. And that's something that, as someone who bounced around a few sites before Hey Player, is very rare in this yeah. industry and something that needs to yeah. be celebrated. I remember when. Uh, There was a a developer who complained about my negative review of OmniLink, like a lot, and was claiming that I fabricated things. And uh, Francis talked to me and, like, sort of confirmed that, no, these things that you said are in fact true. And then he was like, all right, it's clear that uh, you weren't just making things up and that this was at least your experience with the game. And then he went to bat to yeah, me. He, yeah. like, for, he went to bat for me. He like talked back to the developer and was like, no, we stand by our opinion, we stand by our reviewer. And that was like, I've been working for maybe a month at that point. Like He easily could have been, no, just like... No, yeah, right that's now. not how Frank works. Um, and that is Francis fantastic, has, so yeah. thank you.
1: Francis has always given everyone the benefit of the doubt, no matter what. I mean, that's how I came onto the site when it was just a few of us. That's probably how we all came onto the site in mm-hmm. some way, shape, or form. Like, that's just... How he does business, yeah.
3: Yep. Hayport Player is doing games journalism the way it should be done, and I am very proud
0: to work here, and I'm very proud to work yeah. for him. I, so I, thanks, and Frank. If, and Frank, if we notice uh, that I get a massive promotion, I'll be doing the same thing next week. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, Unlikely.
0: Um, uh, and I want to
3: thank you guys for being on the show Absolutely. as always. I want to thank our listeners. I want to thank everyone who sent in questions. You're all
0: great. Until next time, I've been... I'm, I'm Jay Petroquin,
1: and I missed this shit.
0: And I'm Anthony. I'm not going to do the Nico Nico Spivey.
3: <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and milk that waifu train! Milk <laughs> that...